Hi, my friends. Welcome to Sort of Brilliant, a show where the characters are made up and the sorting absolutely does matter. My name is Rachel. And I'm her best friend and co-host, Lauren. Every other week, we're going to invade a fandom and determine whether your favorite character belongs in Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin. We're the Harry Potter podcast that talks way more about any other franchise. Here, we use the sorting structure from Harry Potter as a common language without supporting the author or her beliefs. As for the sorting itself, there's bound to be some arguments along the way. But in the end, we're always right. According to us. Uh, according to us. They say it's your birthday. <laughs> Do you know that song? <laughs> happy birthday so. to you. I don't even know where it's from. I was trying to um, figure out a way to do happy birthday to <laughs> It's do very it. aggressive. It. It's very aggressive. Happy it's birthday. But you can't hear the, like, I need the backing track of the I can do it for you. Happy birthday. It's like screamo. Dun, 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 dun. It's Rachel's birthday. And it means we're finally doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This really should have been what she made me do the first year we had the show for her birthday. Um, but she didn't. What did we even do that year? Was it Clueless? I don't know. Shit, I don't know. The very first year? Yeah, for your birthday. What'd you make me watch? Mm, I don't oh know. Oh, my God. I really don't One know. One year was Clueless, I'm pretty sure. Definitely. It was probably that year. What'd you make me watch last year? Uh, See, I can't even remember mine. Uh, Veronica Mars, right. Once Upon a Time, in Good Place. Those are mine. Never mind. I remember. Uh-oh. I don't know. I don't really care about my birthday, so <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea. I'm, I just uh, know. We did the boys last year for your birthday. Oh, yeah. I love the boys. <laughs> <laughs> we still have to do the woman. I guess that, uh, oh, that new yeah. show is coming out. We do that yeah. next year. Hopefully that's good. I'm, I'm excited. I don't think they're capable of putting anything bad out, so I really Old like claim. the um, We get to see Alex again. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, like, Buffy is my favorite show of all time, so I've been excited and nervous for Lauren to watch it in equal parts because it's one of those things where I get, I, I don't get weird about a lot of things, but I get weird about Buffy, uh, I think, because when you grow up with it the way that I did, I I personalize it and I internalize it and I make it part of my personality and who I am, which you should never do with media <laughs> or anything at all. Like, you should never get angry at people for not liking what you don't like or what you like. like that's weird that's weirdo behavior but i can acknowledge that i'm a little bit of a weirdo about this so every time she was like oh i don't know if i'm gonna get to finish it i'd be like that's fine that's fine eventually one day you'll get to it because i was so concerned she just wasn't gonna like it at all um more concerned that she wasn't gonna like buffy as a person because i can't i don't know what i could do with that like what can i do with that you thought nothing me, the gryffindor whipped person wouldn't like Buffy. I'm just saying wow, just gave like, away Buffy's house like you didn't all know that like you didn't all know <laughs> uh, all the people out there doing have for the last I don't know 20 years done Dean Winchester Buffy fan art of putting them together and making them best friends and doing like the side by side of their love lives and their lives and the way they go about things like yeah we know um, um I think we were both super I don't know vulnerable is the right but with our birthdays this year, we both really entrusted each other. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of, um, I kind of, 
kind of took a step back. There was only one point where Rachel was like, I don't think she was mad at me, but she was getting like, stop saying the things you're saying. Stop, stop saying them. <laughs> and, I didn't even remember what that was. Um, it was when I was talking about how everybody was being really like the stupid decisions in season six or whatever. I can't, rem- I can't remember exactly what it Oh yeah. And it was like the bad guy. And I, Oh, and they, the evil one in the season seven when they were like the acting so one. well, that's what it's called. <laughs> the evil, uh, the great evil. When they were like not fighting it correctly and you were kind of getting testy with me. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, um, no, but no, but I did take a step back. Cause I was like, I remember there was a moment that I got testy with Rachel about um, Killian and she wasn't even saying anything bad. <laughs> She's starting <laughs> to be like, no, you're getting it all wrong. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. it's it is. It's one of those things where then you have to like go to bat for your character and be like, you just don't understand. So let me send you like 10 pages of a text message to then beat you into understanding. And it's like it's it's never that serious. It's never that serious, especially anything that has to do with like season seven of Buffy. because It's such a divisive (laughs) season. Like people either. I mean, I most people I know don't like it. I was going to say when I, I asked Rachel, when I was like, is this a an, a season ending that's going to upset me? And she went, I liked it. And I didn't say anything, but I was like, that was a very specific way to say that. Yeah, I like how they ended the show itself. I like ending it with any girl can have the power. I like ending it with sharing the power. I like giving Buffy peace. So I like it for that. I don't like Spike's ending. I don't like. Well, I mean, he comes back immediately, doesn't he? So not even really. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not. Look, the problem with the Buffy Angel thing is that you didn't always get like the level of satisfaction that you wanted if you didn't watch both shows. And then even then you'd have to wait and they drag it out and drag it out and drag it out. And like I wanted Spike to come back to Buffy. I wanted to see Buffy again. I'm I'm not like did apparently in the written canonical in the comics. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're they're the couple yeah like, that's that's what i read i went and looked it up because i was also upset great <laughs> it's unfulfilling yeah, to you me want to see as them a person and happily yeah. uh if you ship buffy and spike which i think most people do um i think it probably would have been hard to continue being a fan and watching it and be super into it if you didn't get on board with that ship because it's it's pretty clearly trucking towards that being the end game like everything uh angel's not coming back they gave him a show like, we had to let that go. That wasn't going to happen. Um, I don't know. I, I do remember arguing with people. People were very angry at a certain point. Like, oh, he's evil. Like, you have to come on. I have a question. Maybe it's a stupid mm-hmm. question. If they really wanted to, couldn't Angel have gone and done the demon trials and then, like, had his soul naturally instead of as a curse? For sure. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Yeah, but... Angel's busy solving crime in, oh, okay. in LA. Like, <laughs> Buffy's he's... not worth it, yo, even though he shows up occasionally in the bushes and gets upset. I <laughs> she's think, dating someone. And we'll come to discuss this with both of their houses. I think they both just like to yearn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that, that makes they sense. actually want any fruition from that relationship. I think they just like they just longing have for each it other. To be like, my life's so hard. My first love. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out. <laughs> And then if there are other relationships and things don't work out, they have each other to fall back on. Like they're that person for each other. They're a ridiculous mess. Unhealthy. Um, (laughs) It's Buffy doesn't have a single healthy relationship in her (laughs) life. Like not one. There isn't one. Uh, But it's one of those things where I, uh, I, I just want you all to right now. Just close your eyes. 
and picture the character in your mind that you love so much and just want to wrap in a blanket and take care of. And they're just tortured and pummeled and treated like garbage. And just you just want to love them. Okay, because no one else is doing it right. That's what she is for me. That's what she's always been for me. I, 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 it's like, it's like your baby. It's like your child. It's like my little honey boo boo. Like nobody understands you like I do. They don't love you like I do. Just come find me in the real world. Exit the television and come let me love you. That's Buffy Summers for me. Through and through. She gets none of the respect she deserves. She gets none of the love she deserves. It's her show and she gets treated like shit. It's her show. Top billing. The show's called Buffy. Okay. And she gets none of the respect or love she deserves. Drives me insane every season. And she's such a good person that it's like, where's her? Where's her person? And for me, that becomes Spike. I very quickly got on the Buffy and Spike train because very quickly they have a very honest relationship it's very obvious what it is and it's very obvious that he cares about her and once he gets the soul popped in there that's her person that's the only one who loves her and respects her and cares about her the way that i wanted someone to so that's why i'm on the spike train so if you're the kind of person that's like i'm i feel guilty about shipping Buffy and Spike because there's like really violent dynamics and he was evil and blah, 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 blah. like she was a perfect princess all the time with it. She wasn't. She's not perfect. Um, I don't know what to say to you. I don't have any guilt about that. I don't feel bad about shipping it. I don't feel bad about loving Spike. So going through this episode, you're going to hear a lot of pro Spike stuff. You're going to hear a lot of pro Spuffy stuff. So hopefully you're on board with that because that's where it's going. Just warning not to, you from neither the one of us hated Buffy or Angel either. You won't hear bad things. Definitely not really about them. I love you'll Angel. hear as bad. Yeah, you'll um as bad as we talk about Buffy and Spike and the toxicity of that relationship is what you'll hear about Buffy and Angel. Nothing past that. I also ship Buffy and Angel. What do you want from me? <laughs> I think they should be a thruple and they should add faith in and make it a quaple. I don't know what you call a quaple. A quadra. I don't know. A quadrad. That's cute. Menagea. I know the French word for four. There's there's something to say about the people who think that Buffy and Faith should be together. I think they're onto something. Like that they should have been the end game. They had a very good, like, oof. It would have been fun to explore. It really would have. Like they have a lot of chemistry, a lot of chemistry. But anyway, I feel that Buffy could could and should only end up with one house uh, for the end game, and we'll get there when we get there. But. I, I did want to like preface that because I see a lot of guilt about the Spuffy stuff where people are like, oh, I love Spike and I love Buffy, but I know it's bad. It's not bad. You're not bad. You're not doing anything wrong. He was a bad guy. He got a soul. He did bad guy things without a soul. Then he got a soul and he didn't do bad guy things anymore. <laughs> for the most part. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's still Spike, but he's good. It's like you can't give Angel a pass without giving Spike a pass. Angel had a soul. Okay, when he didn't, he was a fucking nightmare to to depths that Spike did not reach. And Angelus was is a nightmare. Oh, my God. As a kid, I used to be so scared of him, (laughs) like like truly scared that Angelus was going to be outside my fucking window. Like he scared me. He was a scary ass. Well, I don't know. What do you think now as a grown adult watching it? Do you think he's scary? (laughs) (laughs) He scared me in the way. I mean, he scared me in the way that he was. I don't know. 
David did this on purpose, but he was extremely like, um, not like nice guy, but one of those men that like would trap you into loving them, but never be nice. Mm. You know, have you, you, yeah. you know, kind of what dynamic I'm talking about? Like yeah, they're never um, nice to you, but you're somehow still indebted to them and in love with them. And that's what he were my, so it was scary in that sense of like realisticness, yeah. but he didn't scare me. <laughs> um, maybe it's also because I saw the flashbacks of him with that fucking hair and the ridiculous uh, Irish, the accent. Irish accent. The terrible <laughs> Irish accent. The angelus accent. Oh, we've been saying that was a monstrosity since the 90s. Don't worry. That's not, <laughs> you're fine to say that. Um, I guess I should say that I started watching this show when it came out. My, my older brother's 10 years older than me. So, um, came out, I believe, 97. So he was 17, which is a great age to get into Buffy. And I was seven, um, which probably isn't the best age to get into Buffy. But I don't know. It, it's what happened. So, year after year, I'd watch it and we'd sit at our little television in the living room and, like, huddle around it and watch it every single week and be like, yeah, badass! And just, uh, I was fully indoctrinated as a youth. So, I grew up with it. Uh, it ended when I was 12. So I've, I carried it with me very, very deeply through my very formative years. Uh, I had you didn't everything. Start watching it the first season. Was it ninety seven? I don't know. You said it ended when you were twelve, and you were seven. That's five years. I started when I was seven. I'm pretty sure it was ninety seven to two thousand two. It's seven seasons. I know. I don't know how that <laughs> happened, but I'm telling you the years that I know that it was broadcast, and those are the years that I was alive. So <laughs> ninety seven, I was seven. Two thousand two, I was twelve. So. Pretty sure it ended when I was 12. I believe I wasn't out of uh, middle school yet. Certainly wasn't, didn't follow me into high school. Maybe 2003. I don't know. Um, uh, 12, we'll just say 12 97 slash 13. to 2003. 2003. So I was 13. Uh, so it, it was a very, like, obviously, you guys remember when you were 7 through 13 and what a mess that was. Uh, it, it carried me through that and then I owned them all on DVD or <laughs> Jason did my older brother did and I would just like steal them and watch them over and over and over again through my teenage years and then um, it's no surprise why I got into Twilight and True Blood and all that other freaky shit I just what are you gonna do what are you gonna do vampire girls vampire girl um, but I've watched it and rewatched it throughout my life and I've I think probably the only time my opinion has changed is about Xander. Mm. And we'll get into that when we talk about Xander. But everything else, I've pretty consistently felt the same since I was about 13. So I just, uh, it's it's my show. It's really important to me. And I'm sure for a lot of you guys uh, listening, if you clicked on the Buffy episode, I'm sure it was very important to you at one one time in your life or another, whether you got into it later or you watched it live. It It's, I don't know, it's difficult talking about it in a non-biased way. It meant a lot to me personally. And when I talk to other people about it, it seems to evoke a lot of a, a similar feeling, even if they watched it later. Like they really, some, they latched onto someone or something uh, in the show, a dynamic, a relationship, a, a character, someone. A lot of the times it's Giles, which is so funny to me because I could not be like further from connecting to Giles as a, like, like as my little, uh, my little comfort character. But it, it hits a lot of people in different ways. And for all of its problems and all of the shit that it's horrible, horrendous creator. Not even, you know what? Fuck saying it's he's the creator. Like, Buffy was a thing in 92. Well, Buffy had a movie. movie. Like, yeah. it was, come on. He's not the creator of Buffy, okay? 
Joss Whedon, you fucking piece of garbage. Um, for all of its problems and all of all that, like it's still they ended up coming out with something like a, a beautiful piece of art, a beautiful piece of fiction that has a lot of great things to take away from. So that being said, no shame in your game for loving Buffy, for loving Spike, for loving the show overall. Even if you like Xander, you might not mm. like this episode. I'm not going to hate on you for liking Xander, but I am I probably going to be hating on Xander. No, you can't do that. You can't hate on people for liking him. <laughs> I can seriously Although, question your judgment. The, the consensus, the consensus now, you, I think we all, a lot of us agree on where we've landed with Xander Harris, but shockingly, a lot of people still really love him. A lot of people we love. So you can't throw that judgment out there, you know? Ooh. Well, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> so, um... I didn't see any... Ch- well, I mean... No, I didn't. I, 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 it wasn't on we'll my t- tweets. Okay, I was gonna say. Every no, time it wasn't I- on yours. No. <laughs> Listen. Well, we'll then it doesn't about sound it like my problem. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. So... Uh, we're here to bash fictional people and Joss Whedon. Not you for what you love. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) let's get into it. Uh, we could start with everyone else and end with Buffy, or we could start with Buffy and go like, what should we do? What do you think? Uh, Buffy, right? Like, that's the obvious shit. I I love to talk about Buffy. You're this shit, man. I I was like, man, I think I I forgot everything about this. No, you're, this is your episode. This is what I did during the Once Upon a Time episode. You really didn't I, until you got to hook. Well, I mean, because well, I mean, pretty... that's the only thing that mattered. But yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have any. I didn't watch Buffy when I was a kid. This is my first time ever watching Buffy. I didn't even. Um, it was part of popular vernacular. And I feel like I knew I could have gotten by without ever watching it and have been able to interact in human life when people mentioned Buffy. Like I would have known sure. what was going on. <laughs> so but now I do know everything. Isn't it nice to have the knowledge under your belt, though, like to know exactly it what is. No, no, no. I felt extremely about. accomplished. I was like, this is something that I would like write on a checklist and then check off. Like, yeah. It's that. <laughs> yeah, it's so. one of those things. It's uh, I don't know. You're you're probably the only person that I knew that hadn't seen it. Interesting. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, I mean, as time I, um, goes by, the early 2010s vampire craze caught me real good. So like right. I was content with my Twilight True Blood vampire diaries shit going on there. <laughs> yeah I, I i would say i guess buffy probably kick-started it and then the younger generation got the like whatever came after that right, right. so whatever whenever twilight exploded at the same time as true blood did is the same time as the vampire diaries did it's like not weird for you to have been a teenager and just have seen that and not Buffy, because you would have had to have watched Buffy at a very young age, which really wasn't the norm. Right. And there um, wasn't any need for me to go back and watch Buffy because I had all of the like I, I was it was saturated. <laughs> like I could yeah. turn around and find it anywhere. I didn't need to go back and force myself through those first two seasons of extremely awful CGI. <laughs> CGI doesn't get much better. Um Neither do the costumes and the makeup. They did what they could. They don't, but, but it's, it, you know. <laughs> it felt more like I could see what you meant when it like switched in like season four yeah. or whatever. Like there was a little bit more. Once uh, she goes to college, it's value a, to it. Yeah. It was much just, less I, cheesy. Uh, we made yeah. a movie about aliens and a giant worm <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. 
I described it to Lauren. Uh, if any of you guys watch Doctor Who, it's like going from uh, David Tennant's run to all of a sudden Matt Smith's run and the camera changes, and the production changes and everything changes. It lo- your, your screen looks different. Uh, that's what happens with Buffy. I mean, you don't go fully widescreen, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think you can from shit that's that old. And it looks really pixelated and fucked up on my big ass TV now. Oh, yeah. No, the first three <laughs> so seasons old. are a square. I yeah. was watching them on a square. Oh, God, it hurts. It's mm-hmm. so old. It's so old. Uh, but yeah, I didn't have like other kids to talk to Buffy about. I mean, I had Catherine. I don't remember her so much watching it live with me. She's kind of a scaredy cat. Um, but like, as we got older, we would watch it like as teenagers on rewatches and stuff. But through my very first live watch, it wasn't like I could go to my Catholic school in second, third grade and be like, did you guys see Buffy last night? Uh, like that, that happened later as it got more popular. I remember I told Lauren the, the Buffy and Spike sex scene where they're breaking the fucking house down and everything. And then they're like outside banging against a wall and their, their whole sex life is insane. I remember going to school and talking about that and being like, did you guys see that? Like, what was mm-hmm. going on there? <laughs> like, not understanding it. And Jason would not talk to me about it. He was like, turn it off. Don't watch that. You're not supposed to watch that. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, I was that young. So, and I didn't have anyone but him to talk to about it. So as I'm getting older, I'm noticing like, it's people that's more, that are more my brother's age up, that I can uh, talk to, to him now. recently. Can you talk huh? to him about the Spike and Buffy sex scene now? Have you tried? You should go to him and be like, no, Jason, I what, can't say. what happened? <laughs> I can't say that I've talked to him about explained. that specifically. <laughs> you never explain. Can you explain? No, but what's funny is me and Jason have completely... My brother and I are in the same house. Like, we're the same Hogwarts house. But we have completely different tastes and characters. So where Buffy is my favorite, Dean Winchester is my favorite... Uh, stuff like that he'll be like I like Crowley and I like Spike <laughs> like those will mm-hmm. be his favorites so you can we we uh we diverge very much from what we were, were looking at and valuing in a character uh but it's it was fun watching with him growing up and it's fun now it's like it's a lot of 80s babies who are big big Buffy fans which of course you, you were the right age when that shit came out I'm curious to see how many people out there love Buffy like I love Buffy personally as a character because every time I talk to people they're like I love Spike I love Willow. <laughs> like, yo, the main character. Can we talk about Buffy Ann Summers? Is that kind of cool? like nobody ever says Harry Potter's their favorite character in Harry Potter? Except me. <laughs> Except me. <laughs> you got that main character syndrome where you're like, no, I do. Them. I want to. The I want entire series to love books them. Are about them. And you're like, no, it's them. Yes. More. <laughs> well, because everyone, you know what? You know what? Let's just call it what it is. Everyone wants to be fucking cool and be like, oh, I'm going to like the side characters or the villain or the other characters that are written to be like way cooler than them and like they don't have the hero complex uh, i think it's more that like the default is that yes of course you like the main character that the thing is about i know you're like i want to hear i I fell in love with this other character that i don't get a lot of story about and i want to know more about them and so they become your obsession in that way like the only time i hear about main characters is when people don't like them because that's against the norm right if somebody was like love buffy the vampire slayer hated buffy you're like, don't what? Not, how did you uh, do that? No, no. I have met a lot of people who don't like Buffy. And I met a lot. I know a lot of people and I've seen online of people who cannot stand Harry Potter. Like, they no, just I don't know, like but him. That's the only time you see it. You don't see people saying like, oh, yeah, I, I love them. Probably that's like the default. Um, I probably am so triggered by that that it like pushes back into me loving that character even more. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's right. 
I just really value a character who gives up everything, gives up fucking everything for people just to do the right thing. And um, of course, the other characters are important and awesome and great. But in a show like Buffy, I struggled to find that. Like, I love Giles, but you got you go through the first three seasons of Buffy. Like, consider this. You go through the first three seasons. Spike's not really there. Okay. And Angel's really bad sometimes. And her friends are huge dicks. Oh, so it's we went like, there. Come on. Oh, oh, let me just fucking pre-warn you. <laughs> I'm not a fan of her friends. I love them in the way that I grew up with them. And I watch it and I love them and I laugh at some things that they say. And I root for them all to win. They're not good friends. They're barely good people. We'll talk about it. We should... We'll, we'll start with Buffy. I really am getting tired of hearing my own voice, though. Like, I feel like I'm talking a lot. You're not. You have to stop being <laughs> self-conscious about that because this, this is your thing, man. And I am. I know. It's too I much responsibility. Speaking, I am speaking <laughs> when I have input. You are not overshadowing too much. me. It's too much responsibility. It's um, Rachel's birthday. <laughs> ugh, don't look at me or say anything to me about it. Your hair looks gorgeous today, by the way. Uh, you're not helping. You're not helping. <laughs> like, stop looking at me and talking to me and focusing on me. All right. Talking about Buffy, we already said she's a Gryffindor. She's like a quintessential quintessential Gryffindor. It's not like you can mistake her for another house. It would be very difficult to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very obviously Gryffindor from the beginning. I mean, I don't know what 15 year old would enjoy getting told at the height of like your youth and coming into the world. Like, actually, actually, you have to hang out in graveyards now and be covered in dirt and blood and like just murder these things. And you're completely responsible for it. And if you fuck up, everyone you love dies and like the whole world it's all gonna be on your shoulders like imagine getting that news at 15 but specifically for a gryffindor she did a there was a lot of pushback right she didn't want it she really didn't want it and she was taught not to want it because well when she told her parents about it what did they do lock her up in a fucking mental institution and then never talk about it again um so yeah that's how like a gryffindor is born uh it's really really yeah, your parents are dicks and they don't listen to you and uh, you get a lot of trauma. Yeah, it's like a you go into the cauldron and just pour the trauma in real good and throw in a stay at the mental hospital and mix that up. That is a right side pops Gryffindor. A Gryffindor. Yeah, she is. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> she really, I mean, then her parents get a fucking divorce and she comes to Sunnydale and her mom doesn't know. Like, why would you tell your mother? She just threw you in a mental hospital, right? But... She ended up finding her people, okay? She ended up finding her people. I, I you can't say circle because that's more specifically a Slytherin thing. She's very much not a Slytherin. But she ends up finding her little group, her little Scooby gang, right? And, oh my God. It doesn't matter how they treat her, okay? This is a staple of a Gryffindor. It's something that I really, um, in my later age, annoying have... Me have struggled against and I've really pushed back on it now that I'm older and I know better but you can spot this in a Gryffindor especially a young one like a fucking mile away whoever enters your life first and is loyal to you first and stands by you first and it's the first thing you see and it gives you that taste of like love and family and what you probably didn't have naturally that's it for life they can do no wrong they're gonna hold a special place in your heart forever it's no matter what you do uh they're important and special and they matter to you. And where this becomes a problem is that their words then hold a lot of weight and can really fuck with your head. So if they're not a good person, 
like Xander or Willow. Um, and they're really rallying against you with certain things. And they're really making you feel a lot of shame and a lot of, um, I don't know. Shame is a great word there because that's what Xander constantly does to her is shames her. It really makes you kind of retreat into a self-loathing place. And that happens to Buffy, right? And you get a lot of it balanced out, I guess, with how Giles treats her. I wouldn't say that Giles shames her necessarily. He does try to guide her and teach Giles her. Giles is disappointed. He does the dad thing. Yeah. It's very much like, oh, you're supposed to know better, Buffy. You're supposed to know better. Like, no, she's not, dude. She's 15. You. Well, fuck you. She's 15. So I don't know. She finds a circle that, again, I don't want to say circle, but she finds this group, group that, yeah, yeah, she friends. finds the group that, um, for whatever, God, as much as I want to shit on them all the time, they do stand by her, they do fight with her, they do keep her secret for her. That means a lot to her. You can see why it would mean a lot to a character like that. What the hell did she have? Nothing. I she can got tell ripped you out of everything. It. Why? Well, it has a lot to do with their house. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I mean, for that, but not for Giles. Giles did it because it was his job. Also to do with his house. Also to do with his house. Yeah. As she gets older, what has all... The, the only bad thing I really have to say about Buffy, I guess the only criticism I have about Buffy, and it's because it's so different than me, I don't know how she doesn't explode on these people. Um, She must really be Bro, better than me sucked i said i wasn't gonna talk about it i'm not going to no nah, well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll build up to it it's because it's not just season seven about it where they're so horrible mad about it she didn't do there's shit. so many moments man anything that she deserved to scream at them and just yell at them and be like can you fucking stop you're wrong i know better you're wrong and she never does and it's really I, it's one of the things that I really love about her and that frustrates me about her is that she's not she could at any point wreck them all, destroy them all, make them all feel like complete shit. And she just doesn't. She doesn't take the she, she doesn't take that route um, because she really loves them. She really loves these people like everything. Consider the prom episode. She's like, well, I had to murder my boyfriend. I lost the love of my life. Um, and there's another apocalypse and these things are out there trying to kill people. You're going to prom and you're going to have a good time. Like she threatened them with it. She's like, you're going to fucking have a good time. I don't care if I get to go. It's not about me. It's about you guys. And it's like, you see a character like that and then you see what she gets back from them. And it's horrible. It's so hard to watch. She gets nothing. (laughs) No, I mean, truly, it's like the bare minimum of respect. I don't even think they show her that they respect her almost ever. When she goes off to college... Like, where's the support? She she's struggles Fucking really that, hard. When she um, runs away after killing Angel and they're walking around mm-hmm. the graveyard like, can't believe Buffy let us high and dry making us do this shit. <laughs> she should be here doing this shit. Yeah, and then she came back, and everybody was like freezing her out, and was like, "You're so awful and horrible for leaving." She's like, "Okay, I'm going to leave again." And when they found out she was going to do that, they were like, "You're such a piece of shit. Why would you yeah. leave again? You left us here." And she's like, "What do you want from me? What do you people want me <laughs> to gonna, do? Are you going to welcome me back, or do you want me to go? What's happening?" <laughs> It's not fair. It's never fair. Like, I have such a problem with her mother. Because <laughs> Joyce. Joyce is like, you better go up to your room. And she's like, I have to go slay. Like, I have to go kill these fucking creatures of the night. And she's like, you most certainly will not. I don't know what you think you're doing, Buffy, but you will not be doing that. And she's like, 
how long have you been washing literal blood out of my clothes and like you threw me in a fucking loony bin and you know shit's going on you do you have fucking eyeballs do you see what's happening around you like yes i am i am going to do this and she's like well then you're not gonna do it under my roof okay then i'm gonna go Mm-hmm. And then she comes back and they're all like, why did you even come back? Like, you should you fucking you just left us. Me, 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 me. It's so bad. It's it's so unfair. I don't I seriously I can't say I've never seen a character who suffered more because there are other characters who have suffered as much as her. Mm-hmm. But it's the unfair treatment. I don't see that in for uh, for other characters like every other character, even Gryffindors. They have like someone that just still supports them and like like comes to take a little bit of that away like if your family and your friends are dicks like oh your boyfriend or your girlfriend will come and like make you feel better maybe you have an angel that fucking like a literal angel like castiel who just you can do no wrong to them and they're there for you like she doesn't have that until spike much later Mm -hmm. she's like 15 16 17 oh my god it's so bad watching this kid go through this shit it's like and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because whether they're in high school or college or they're working with the initiative or they're fucking she has to go work flipping burgers. It doesn't matter. She's still going to take care of all of them. She's still going to make sure like they're alive and protected and cared for. It doesn't even matter if you're a sister who comes out of fucking nowhere, nowhere. And all of your memories of her are false and none of it's real. And you suddenly have to share your mother with this person immediately takes responsibility for Dawn immediately. It doesn't even, it just as even when she struggles with it, you're like, you're not really going to struggle with this. You're, you know, you don't really have a problem with this. You're going to love and care for Dawn. Like you would if, if she fucking came out of your own body and was your own child. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you pretending that at, at any point that Buffy's going to have a problem with Dawn? She's not, she's not. And she, then she doesn't. So it just kind of doesn't matter. And the only person that she's not like that with is Spike. And it's because much like a lot of Gryffindors in the beginning at their, in, in their youth, she's very black and white thinking like oh, vampire, bad human, good. <laughs> and she has a big problem with killing humans. Like she doesn't even want to kill Warren, which is wild to me. I would have fucking killed Warren. No problem. <laughs> she doesn't but take him seriously. That's, that's also the true. Problem. <laughs> that's also true. She's like this fucking idiot. Um, but she is very black and white thinking for a long time. A very, very long time. I don't think it's until her mother dies uh, that she starts to she starts to change a little bit. And then certainly when they rip her out of literal heaven, <laughs> they ripped her out of heaven, guys. <laughs> when they rip her out of there, then she really starts to change. And she really has to struggle with a lot. A lot of the feelings that she has. And if you can imagine this, like, just imagine yourself. Your friends just ripped you out of heaven. And you're worried what they're going to think about who you're fucking. Like, that's deep-seated self-hatred, self-loathing, self-shaming shit that they put in her from a really young age. And it's not fair. So, I don't think, I actually feel confident saying this. I don't think a single one of the other three houses would allow themselves to feel like that would allow other people to have that kind of power. I mean, you can see the struggle with Spike where he's like, I don't, I don't get what the, (laughs) like the only thing he's focusing on is Buffy's internal issues. Cause he's like the external, like their thing. I I don't even like, he's ready to tell them. He's like, I really don't care. Yeah. (laughs) That's not an issue. And she's like, that's actually all of the like cause for my internal problems. He's like, I don't get it. (laughs) It's just, no. And I mean, even as a viewer, 
um, you, you really don't get it. You're like, why are you putting so much value in these people and what these people think and whatever? And then I guess it's because if you strip it all away from her, she really is alone. And I think that's what she fears most in the world is just being completely isolated and alone mm-hmm. and just left with her own thoughts. Like how horrifying for a Gryffindor, you're just alone. Um, but I, it's sad. It's sad to see a character have so much deep and true love for people and respect for people who really don't earn it or deserve it from her. Yeah. Um, and you see with other characters, like an inkling of you could have had a friend like this, like Tara. Tara's a good person. Tara would have, she really didn't judge Buffy for the spike thing. Like she, no, she, she was really great didn't. about it. Even she treated later them normally. in life, later in life, faith, right? Like season seven rehabilitated faith. She would have been a good friend later in life. Cordelia would have been a good friend. Like all these people, I never <laughs> these saw later people, in the life Cordelia. Yeah, she gets it bad in the end. But well, um, I know, I know how she does. But she's a good. She like becomes a really. She's still, you know, snarky ass Cordelia. Mm-hmm. But she she becomes a lot more mature and all these people that could have been around her, and instead, she gets fucking Willow and Xander. And I have a lot of problems with Willow and Xander individually and together a lot. And it's it it sucks. It sucks because. I don't know. I don't know what to do in my own head about it because I still really like watching them and I still really enjoy them as a group and I like the ensemble thing and I like them, but I don't. It's very strange. I wonder if Buffy feels the same way. Maybe. I wonder if she likes them, but she doesn't. And she just feels responsible for them. I don't know. I can't imagine not... If you had any bit of not liking them in you and not going off on Xander when he got in her face and like called her a a whore slut i'm ashamed of you and then like two episodes later was like we can't kill anya (laughs) (laughs) i don't i guess she must really value his opinion that's sick (laughs) Uh, it's emotional abuse it actually it's it's fucking abusive man i you can't actually respect this man's opinion you can't take him seriously for fucking second he's ridiculous but she will like she'll sit there and be like i really am a piece of shit huh i guess i am like she really believes it and internalizes it. it's horrible and then she's like oh my god i don't even know she comes out of it doesn't even make them apologize for ripping her out of heaven doesn't even make them apologize for that has no problem with anything they've done to her because on some level she believes she deserves it all right she's like yeah i was at peace but sure i had to dig myself out of a fucking grave be ripped out of eternal peace and happiness and come back to this shithole why not i don't deserve eternal peace and happiness that's stupid of course i'm back here it's just really sad it's uh i think me and lauren were talking very recently about this and we were like gryffindor is just a sad house huh yeah it gets sad yeah (laughs) because i really can't see a hufflepuff putting up with this shit Slytherin wouldn't put up with this. That's a joke. And a Ravenclaw, that's an even bigger joke. There's no fucking way you're going to be valuable enough to to be given that power over a person. And yet I can see how... I, I can really... I can completely see how she got to where she is. It just upsets me that she never goes off on them. But you wouldn't if you think they're right. You wouldn't. And it's sad. And I and I love her and I feel really bad for her because she's a genuinely, genuinely, genuinely good person. And like only Spike gets this. Only Spike gets it. Ugh, drives me insane. And then 
we do unfortunately reach season seven. And uh, Lauren and I said we weren't going to talk about it. I told you I wouldn't talk about it because I was getting way too mad. While I was like, there, I can never speak about this. <laughs> I well, can never. So there's there's the episode, you know, where they all throw her out of her own fucking house. And I didn't know that I wasn't the only person who got like really, 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 really like unhealthy levels of angry about it. So I, I ended up on Buffy talk somehow because, you know, your phone spies on you. And we were talking about Buffy a lot. And every time that scene would come up where they all throw her out of the house, it it's like filled with comments of just pure rage. Like, I would have never forgiven them. How did she fucking ever talk to them again? This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like everything that I was saying in my head, everyone else feels great. Good. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. Um, so that's just enough. Like, it's a moment for me where I don't get how she allowed that it's one of the things that makes me mad about it right like she huh. she just the only way that i can get through it is that i that she she was like fine i'll fucking do it on my own and she did right like if she had just yes. gone and but she yeah the thing i can't get past is that even if she was like fine i'll fucking go do it on my own that she didn't like scream at these people or yeah. or like i told rachel my thing would have been especially these fucking ungrateful little bitches that I brought into my home to protect <laughs> who are like not special in the slightest. I don't know why you're about here. The slayer, the yeah, new the, 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 well, potentials. the potentials. Yeah. Especially that one bitch that was like so mad at her for no reason. Like, sorry, your I life know. sucks now. You can just leave if you want. Like nobody's Go. keeping you here. Yeah, exactly. I would have been like, um, if y'all don't want to work with me, that's fine. But you can get the fuck out of my house. Like, right. <laughs> you know, like I am staying, I, but the only way I can. Yes, she does get exasperated and go, fine, I'll just fucking do it myself. But it's also she can't like she can't stand it. Like she can't stand to be in that room a second longer where she's like, you're all so stupid. Like you're being so dumb about this. I can't even she doesn't even have it in her to get mad about it. She's not taking it personally besides Faith. Because her and Faith have a thing. Um, she only really gets she only really gets touchy when Faith opens her mouth. Um, but even then, she really doesn't like and Faith yell is, at Faith. Faith not she's even, just like Faith's not even engaging. She's so over this. She's like, even you, huh? Did you tell them what you've done? No. Great. So everyone's gonna throw me out, and you're all gonna be stupid. Fine. I'll go outside because I'm the only one who can protect myself myself out there. You're all fucked if you step out of this house. So fine. I'll be the one to go. Fuck you guys. I'm going to go find someone's house to just like hole up in and I'll figure it out later because I can't I can't even be here. Like, I cannot believe you guys. I think she even says that she's leaving. Like, I can't watch you just all kill yourselves. Basically, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and watch you do it. So I don't think I think every viewer in America watching it and now sees it as them throwing her out. I don't think she saw it that way because she grabs her coat and she's like. I can't watch you guys do this. Like she, she acts like she lets herself out. Like she decided to go. Honey, Dawn just told you that she's throwing you out of your house. She just told you you can't stay here. But Buffy's still like, I just can't watch this happen. I'm going to go. Like It's like it doesn't hit her the way it hit the rest of us. And I don't know why. I've never been able to figure out why. She's like numb at it, that point. Maybe. Well, Maybe she is. I mean, she shows it when she like goes and gets the house because there's a man still living in the house that she decides she wants. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. she just goes up and lies in the bed until Spike shows up. 
like she's just staring at the wall. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. She, I guess I, I, yeah, you'd have to look at it that way. I mean, I, um, I think up to that point, there had been a lot of talk about Buffy really being numbed out and she was starting to come back to life. So that's kind of why I didn't look at it that way because she kind of was getting was her feelings second. back and yeah, I guess so. That's pretty much the only way you could look at that, that she really just shut down. Because can you imagine all those little bitches looking at you like that? All of them. Giles, you fucking traitor. And then then, your friends not backing you up. Like, have you have you not been around for every single thing I've ever done? And you're going to tell me that you're not going to. Oh, it was so, 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 so you bad. You guys like, keep Dawn- bitching at me and begging at me to come back and lead you. And I don't even want to. And now I'm trying yeah. and you're telling me no. And like, fuck you. I can't. I can't. I couldn't handle it. And the fact that. It's no. <laughs> ridiculous. I would have them on their knees. Like, oh, you want me to save the world now? Why don't you tell me how much? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. How much are you paying me to do it? Motherfucker. <laughs> like. And then she goes and immediately after she goes, it's a fucking disaster. None of them can agree on anything. None of them can figure it out. It's a it's a wreck. It's they a mess. They immediately tried to do the you, same thing to Faith that they did to her, except Faith is like, no, nah, bitches, yeah. it's not happening. Faith is like, I'm trying to help you. You don't want to listen. All right, go to bed and talk to me about it tomorrow. <laughs> Buffy got Faith so is like, I don't think it. you'll understand that I'll leave, but I'll blow the house up on my way out. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not B, baby. You got the wrong <laughs> one. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Buffy will forgive you. I won't. <laughs> so, uh, but then, you know, you get finally, finally, someone in the series, Spike comes in and fucking calls them all traitors. And he's like, you're all stupid. You're all stupid. She's died for you. She fights for you. You're in her fucking house. You're morons and you're losers and you don't deserve her. And I don't care. And I'm going to go find her and help her. And he does. And he does. And it's perfect. Um, but she doesn't even need them to apologize to come back and fight and literally save the world. She doesn't even need it. All Buffy actually needs, and she's been so emotionally abused into feeling this way her entire life, all she actually needs is them to be physically standing with her. It means everything to her. Like, you're going to fight beside me? Okay, at the end of the day, that's literally all I need. I don't need words of affirmation. I don't need you to validate my life choices. I don't even need you to really like me because you guys don't really like me. You don't really like me as a person. You don't respect me. I just need you to stand with me and fight with me so that I can try, please God, to find some level of peace, just some kind of peace. And so that everyone doesn't die. That's, that's literally all I want. I just don't want any more death. And I want a little bit of peace. And she gets that. So I can't hate that ending. The, it, it, I don't know that it was the best final season of a show. Like I, I have a lot of problems with a lot of it, specifically them throwing her out of her own house. Um, I, and I think Spike should have lived, though his sacrifice really was very powerful. Um, and it spoke a lot to who he became and how he felt about her. And it spoke a lot to their relationship. Um, and I think probably... The last thing I want to touch on is the when he says when she says I love you and he says no you don't but thanks for saying it I always believed like he really meant that like he really didn't believe it and I always had a, such a problem with that and I've talked to people a lot about it because a lot of people don't think she means it either and I think that's crazy because she really clearly does love him. She spent seasons 
five, six, and seven trying not to. Really trying not to. And she does completely fall in love with him. And I don't know how other people don't see that. I don't know if it's that they don't understand Buffy as a character. I don't know if it's that they don't understand a Gryffindor brain. Um, but you agree, right? Like, yeah. she clearly, no, she, loves she loves him. him. Yeah. There's a lot of discourse about that. That's crazy. I don't read it. Like, I don't want to read <laughs> stupid opinions. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they think she's kind of just throwing him a bone to make him feel better about she his sacrifice. She would never... No, she, she wouldn't. would never. <laughs> she wouldn't be able to stomach it, even in death, like about to die, She'd if she didn't mean it. It would be so many problems for her. She'd feel guilt. She'd feel disgust. <laughs> like she yeah. would never. Because she really beats herself up for using him. She actually goes up to him and she's like, "I, I completely used you, and like you let me." And he's like, "Yeah, I know. Let's do it more. <laughs> use me more. It's fine." You want my dick? And she's like. She's like, no, dude, that's bad. I was bad for that. I was wrong for that. And he's like, I don't care. I'm like, what What are you not getting about? I don't care. And she's like, well, what are you not getting about how I morally can't do it? I always think back to when Faith and her body swapped and Faith mm-hmm. is like in the mirror as Buffy going, that's wrong. <laughs> yes. I can't do it because that's bad and I'm wrong. Buffy, that's bad. <laughs> that's a bad I mean, it really thing does, to do, you mean, it, man. <laughs> I don't remember what's the system where like they say you have three one of three things at the core of who you are. It's like anger, shame. Oh, or... that's Enneagram. Anger, right. shame, fear. Fear, right. Hers is shame. Like, like it's big time shame. She feels a lot of guilt for a lot of things. And a lot of the time she shouldn't. But when she does, she owns up to it. And that's another thing that I really appreciate about her, too. And it's it's another huge Gryffindor thing. Like, she doesn't bother lying. She's not going to bother lying. Like, she might hide things from people because she's scared of what they're going to think or or how they're going to treat her. But at some point, it all comes out and she's the first one who's going to be like, okay, I was wrong and I'm sorry. Are we going to move on? Other other fucking houses can't move on like the house Xander's in. Can't always just drop it and move on. But a Gryffindor can. Like, I did a bad thing. It's done now. Let's... Like, I'm really sorry. I hope we can move past it. No? Okay. Uh, that's your fucking preview that Xander's not a Gryffindor, mm-hmm. by the way. Wh- which should be obvious. But, um, <laughs> yeah, she just loves very, very deeply. Her her loyalty is fucking, it's unparalleled. It's unparalleled. Um, not many characters are as crazy loyal as she is. And it's so sad that they don't deserve it, but they get it anyway. And, um, yeah, I think it's clear that her, she has, she suffers from like the first one syndrome mm-hmm. because her and Angel have this thing every, whatever season he pops out of the bushes where he's mm-hmm. stalking her, he'll mm-hmm. pop up to like help mm-hmm. and they'll like make out. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they just drop everything and they're like, love mm-hmm. you, love you. Okay. Bye. Go back yeah. to your thing. When she bye. was having sex with Spike, he like saw her in the tomb kissing or yeah, it was season seven when he had his soul back <laughs> and Angel shows up to give her the little amulet thing. And Spike's yeah. like, no, I'll wear it. <laughs> 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 oh my God. Spike and Angel. Well, we have a lot more to talk about, so I will get off my Buffy box, but I just want you to know that I could go another hour or two just completely defending her and talking about how her life is unfair and now she's a precious angel. But I won't because we do have the show does unfortunately have other characters besides her. It shouldn't. It shouldn't besides Spike. It <laughs> shouldn't. But it's I just love her so much. <laughs> I hope that came across. I it hope did. you understand we how much I love an her. Hour talking about her. Did I really? Well, I mean, the first 30 minutes was like our intro, but that was mostly focused on Buffy and like her show. So that'll continue. I'll keep bringing her up. <laughs> um, 
I think next. <laughs> you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Angel? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, you can't talk about Angel without Angelus. Angelus is a dick. Uh, he's a real dick. He really doesn't care about anything except Edward, maybe Darla. Edward Cullen uh, came out of his like haze of guilt about killing all those rapists, and he saw he saw Buffy, and he went, "That's what I want to be." So you straight up can't tell me Stephanie Meyer didn't watch <laughs> Buffy and didn't put, like base Edward after Angel, not Angelus. Like just the guilt and everything, because wow. Uh, so Angelus and Angel, two very different people. Obviously, one has a soul, one does funnier. not. I want to see them talk to one another. <laughs> They're both really. They're funny. both so They're funny, so insanely unintentionally funny. It's really. Uh, but now they can be that way because both of them are uh, super emotionally aware and emotionally manipulative, and mm-hmm. it's something that, like, you know soul angel gets away with Mm -hmm. because he actually does mean well and he uses that skill for good most of the time but angelus uses it to like nail puppies to your door yeah and like it's he's he's a fucked up character but he plays on all of your emotions like he plays completely on buffy's emotions he's like oh you weren't very good at the sex Mm, I'm gonna kill you and your mom. I'm gonna make it really slow. You're just make a you hole watch. for my dick. Like, <laughs> basically, it's really whatever the worst thing you're scared that's, of about yourself. I mean, he's that's gonna something else about Buffy it. too that he says all that when she like doesn't know what's going on yet. So he wakes up the next morning and like he doesn't have a soul, but she doesn't know that. She thinks this is yeah. Angel saying this shit, and she's immediately like, "You're right. I believe you." <laughs> <It's really funny. laughs> this man has been painting at your door for two years. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. All right. I guess I am a piece of shit. Like, fuck. It's horrible. And he's like giggling. He's like, I'm going to feel so bad. So uh, both Angel and Angelus are in the same house. It's not like a Jekyll and Hyde thing. They're in the same house. They're both Gryffindors. Um, So, I mean. So yet another, another Gryffindor, Gryffindor pairing. Yeah. These have all been extremely volatile. These yeah, they are. They're really parents. explosive. They, they can are. be really. Yeah. I, I mean, but the but this is why before I was saying that I think that they both just like to yearn and they can't be really endgame for each other because, mm-hmm. well, they're both also like hyper independent. He wouldn't want to give up his life out there and she wouldn't want to give up whatever she has going well, on for herself she, either. I mean, that was an extremely Griffin. Like he was the one who like made the decision. He was like, we can't be together. Um, mm-hmm. I'm leaving you, even though they were like making this quasi like. We can never have sex again, which I, <laughs> I have a problem with Joss Whedon equating sex with Angel's happiness. Like they could have had a full relationship not having sex, I guess, and it would have been fine. But yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, Imagine, we'll, guys, we'll get rid of that. Dean and, Cass, <laughs> Dean and Cass had sex and then immediately Cass was taken to the empty. Like, that's the equivalent. It's like the. the right. The, but you could have a full entire <laughs> fulfilling relationship with like they're kissing. Like, it's fine. No, it's the moment he comes that he's happiest <laughs> in life. Like, God. All right. Jesus, Lord. I think it's meant to be a poetic thing of like they come together in a way 
of like physical love and they really feel the love they have for each other in that moment he's it's like pure and true happiness there's no i mean especially for a gryffindor i mean like, if buffy it, was it a sexual the, they'd never have that the problem thoughts out of your head so yeah. you don't think you're just feeling uh-huh. so i can see it from a gryffindor perspective why it works but it is like surface level very fucking stupid um but yeah he is a gryffindor whether he has a soul or not um it's the same for spike whether he has a soul or not like oh yeah whether you have yeah, one or you don't change it's like Sam Winchester. Like his house didn't change. Your motivations for doing things don't change. You just lose some of your um you 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 lose that voice in your head that's like maybe you should think about this effect on others. And, f- and maybe it, that's easier right. for because Sly- <laughs> Slytherins are well, Slytherins don't not think about the effect on others, just there's ways more. Like the effect on themselves weighs but more. It's a priority but they list. Still, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they still think about the effect on others, especially like in the way that like how will my plan work? So not necessarily like how will this hurt others, but like how will a person react that I'll have to react to or whatever. When these people mm-hmm. are so it's a it's like a wrecking ball through a wall. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. It really doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's a huge thing. So you take away. Imagine if you made Buffy a vampire. Imagine how fucking powerful she'd be when she stopped giving a fuck about what you think or about how mm-hmm. things affect you. That's what happens to Angel because Angel is a a person who carries a lot of guilt and pain in general because he's cursed to remember what he did when he was a soulless demon. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's the point of the curse. They That's that's what you're damned to do now for the rest of your life, right? But in a generalized way, I think Angel pre-vampire would have been the same way. Just like a person who had a lot of guilt, who felt bad about things, just morally tries to do the right or correct thing. Uh, his girlfriend's mother shows up at his crypt and is like, you need to stop fucking around with my daughter. You know, it's like bad for the both of you. And he's like, you're right. I'm a bad person for this. Okay, I'm going to stop. And then does it. He breaks up with her. Like he always tries to do the right thing. It completely annoys Spike. Most of all, Spike has this whole monologue where he goes on Angel and he's like, "Mm, I'm Angel and I'm here to like save the day. And no, 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 don't pay me. No, no, I do it for free. I have to get back into my Angel mobile and go and do the right Angel thing. Like it drives other people crazy how good and morally right he tries to be. It's very, very like Buffy. They're very, very similar. I think they both carry around a lot of guilt and shame. It's why I think they can't really work long term or end mm-hmm. game. Like it's it's too it's too close. They're very similar. Um, but where it gets funny is Angelus because Angelus is such a fucking like truly a demon. But he's still I don't care. I I told Lauren this. I've been fighting this since I was a little kid. You will never convince me that Angelus didn't still love Buffy. He does. That's what's <laughs> making him so fucking angry and psychotic. <laughs> He doesn't want to, but he does. He's obsessed with her. It's hilarious. Like, he can't stop. He's like, why do I love her? Disgusting. I have to completely rip her apart and, like, completely destroy her to deal with the feelings that I have for her. There are people that are like, Angelus doesn't care about Buffy. How can you say he cares about Buffy and then does these horrible things? It's that he doesn't want to. It's, It's driving him insane that he has any sort of feeling for her. He doesn't like it. He's trying to toy with her and poke at her and fuck with her because he doesn't like it. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want to feel it. He's tortured by it. it. He didn't have that when he was just Angelus alone with Darla and Drusilla and Spike. He didn't have that. Now all of a sudden what you infected me with love? Disgusting. I have to fucking destroy you. That's what that is. Personally. Others have and will continue to disagree with me. Fine. <laughs> have your opinion. It's just how I see it. 
But yeah, huge Gryffindor continues on to his show to continue being a Gryffindor. Like, I'm going to just tell you right now, Faith on Angel and on Buffy does some of the most like heinous shit. Mm -hmm. And there are people who straight up would never fucking forgive Faith and would not give a fuck. Angel like completely believes in her. It's something that you don't see unless you watch Angel. Like Buffy at one point goes over there. Buffy has a lot a lot of problems with faith. Obviously yeah. they get into each other's personal business a lot. Cause um, um, I mean, here's something else that we can say about Buffy. Like I, Buffy does. Uh, I think Buffy does have a little bit of a problem with faith just because she's like, cause you know, as much as she's like, I'm the only one who's the slayer. Like I'm the only person who's responsible. And then Faith shows up and is like, I'm also a slayer. And Buffy's like, but you don't do it the way that it's you that's what do it is. It. <laughs> you don't do it right. You don't do it right. Yeah, she can't handle way. that. And I was here first, so I really think you should do it the way that I do it. <laughs> well, she didn't have the same problem with Kendra. Um, and I think it's because Kendra followed the rules and she didn't shake anything up. Right. Faith Faith has a lot of emotional problems. Faith has a lot of psychological problems that she needs to handle and grapple with. I think that scares and freaks Buffy out. Mm-hmm. But she gives her a lot of chances and she tries to come in and literally steal her life and steal her boyfriend and fuck her up. And it's really bad, but they have this like push and pull relationship where there's this weird underlying mutual respect, no matter what. Right. Like, but even Buffy struggles when they get to, to there's an episode of angel when she gets there, she's like, what are you doing with faith here? Like, like, are you fucking serious after everything? And he's like, no, she can be rehabilitated. Like, she I, i'm gonna save her i'm gonna i can fix her i can fix her <laughs> and then i mean he he does like faith does get fixed she gets she she does but um and buffy doesn't push it she's not like no i'm gonna kill her i don't fucking care she's like fine she can be rehabilitated like you you have to give that to a gryffindor <laughs> they, just, right. they care so much and believe that you can change and they can even if you fucking fucked with me and my mom and my life, like, if you come with true remorse and like I see that and I feel bad for you and I mm-hmm. uh, want to give you another chance, I can. That's Angel. It, and Buffy gets pushed into it more like she really doesn't want to let it go yet. But let's be real. Buffy's still like 18 at that point. OK, Angel's right. like 200 something. All right. We'll give her a pass for that. But still, she lets Faith back into her house at the end. She fucking lets them all fight together. She's glad she's glad Faith is back. She needs her help. They probably could come to a point where they actually do become pretty good friends um but you know whatever a gryffindor all i'm saying is a gryffindor is big on the rehabilitation of people and believing in giving people a second chance so that's something angel did that uh huge gryffindor thing so yeah that's where he is and then i think (laughs) should we just talk about spike yeah (laughs) I love so that we do Spike. the big three, the big, the big three, because they're the big, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Spike's Lauren's favorite character. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Which is it's I a was mad Indian. the entire time. Nobody yeah. else treats him nicely. <laughs> and he doesn't deserve it. What has he done? What has he done to you? <laughs> yeah. Mm, I mean, he was. <laughs> Spike was an asshole for a while. The first four seasons, he's a problem where like it should start to count is like post season four where he's helping them and fighting alongside them pretty, pretty routinely. Mm -hmm. And he's like, 
hey guys, I'm here to save the day again. And they're like, why the fuck are you here, asshole? For real. <laughs> he's also like, he's just hanging around, like doing shit without them even yeah. asking him anything Buffy wants out of him. Even when she's hurling abuse at him, he's doing it. He's like, whatever. He's like, I get like, I don't know. It was like so interesting watching this of evolvement of him. Like he shows up in Sunnydale to kill the Slayer because that's, that's his thing. thing, right? Like that's his never ending goal. Like a new Slayer pops yeah. up and he gets to kill another one. And like that's that's what's keeping him going. So so he shows up to kill the Slayer and then that, and then that didn't work. Um, and then he gets mixed up with this fucking government secret thing where they put a chip the in initiative. his head. The initiative. Yeah. And so he can't kill people anymore, but he can hurt demons. So he's like, all right, I guess I'll align myself with the people who are hurting the most demons, which like happens to be Buffy because I like violence and my life sucks <laughs> without like killing things. <laughs> like, what am I if I'm not killing things? So uh, so then that's why he's like hanging around them. But then, yeah, after that, he's kind of just there. And I was getting so fucking pissed because he was doing exactly what Angel did in the first two seasons where he's just there being helpful and everybody's being an absolute fucking dick to him and like can't stand him and they're like wow wish wish somebody would just put us out of our misery and kill you and he's just like there like making his quips minding his business being the strongest person around protecting your asses (laughs) like yeah I think they know he's doing like they all suspect he's just doing it to get into Buffy's pants well I mean who cares (laughs) right he's still there and he's still doing it um but I would say, yes, there's a lot of similarity to how Spike hangs around at f- when he when he when the tides turn. Right. And he starts to help them. It's very it is like Angel, like, oh, vampire friend, whatever. But Angel wasn't that mouthy. Angel wasn't that sarcastic. Angel wasn't that insulting. Uh, <laughs> so I think it was harder because well, Spike is trying to be like, I don't want to be around you fucking losers. He's right. Every time he opens his mouth. <laughs> like, Tara's abusive family comes to get her and everyone's like you'll have to go through me first he's like not me I really don't care about any of this he's like I'm not really here for this (laughs) he doesn't he said I'm not invested in this storyline I'm gonna I mean honestly even at the end even at the end of all things Spike really only gives a shit about Buffy and a little bit Dawn that's it and that's because Dawn is like an extension of Buffy it's like that's fucking it. He's not th- he's not going to cry over Xander or Willow dying. He can't stand them. He specifically can't stand Xander. Um, so king shit, reason. king behavior. <laughs> and and Xander can't stand him. And they go back and forth all the time. And Xander hmm, tried that on Angel. And it was allowed. Angel let him like there are plenty of times where Xander was like, oh, well, yeah, just suck your fucking girlfriend's blood like a fucking nightmare piece of shit demon that you are. And Angel just like broods he's like yeah i am i am that and like spike does not ever allow it he's like why are you talking to me like that the fuck is wrong with you and alexander will be like did you steal my shit he's like yeah i'm evil are you surprised i don't want to be here you don't want me to be here what the fuck like he just is completely different so while there's a little similarity Angel wasn't treated with much more respect than Spike was. She just has shitty friends. Like, it's really that. Like, they, they don't want, want... Like, they accepted Angel as, like, a part of the group. They I get never, ever accepted Spike. He, Spike's a Slytherin, by the way. I don't know that we said that. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but let's talk about Spike and not the stupid group of people who refuse to accept him. Um, Yeah. And it was all prejudice. It was all fucking prejudice. And you know what? I won't excuse Buffy from that either. It was kind of, I was getting a little like, oh no, like, (laughs) I told, I'll get to that, I guess. But they're like, it was getting a little ridiculous that they were like, you can never be someone I appreciate because you don't have a soul and that inherently makes you bad even after mm-hmm. like two years of him just like yeah. chilling. But anyway, um, so he, <laughs> Spike, so he shows up with Drusilla and Drusilla is his lom. Lom of his life. Drusilla is hilarious <laughs> and insane. Do we? I don't know that we have to talk that much about her. She's a Ravenclaw. No, she's so a Ravenclaw. So she, yeah. yeah. So he shows up with this Ravenclaw who has got her him wrapped around her finger. She is like he, you know, he was in this group with uh, Angel and Drusilla and that other lady that I'd never really learned much about. Um, but they, uh, they, um, he doesn't like Angel as we've already established. He was past that already. He was like, I'm just hanging around this guy because like that's where the action is. He goes off. With, uh, immediately to go kill Slayers because that's his thing. That's his goal. And Drusilla's trotting around with him. And that's like, that's his best life. <laughs> He's like this. Nothing could get better than this. Drusilla yeah. loves him. He's killing Slayers. He's the baddest bitch in town. Like, it's all great, right? Um, So, like, that's it. There's, there is not a lot of complication to Spike. He, and that, I think that's true. Oh, no, there's not at all. No, and I think that's true of a lot of Slytherins because they're, mm-hmm. um, even when they do like, you know, do the manipulation, hide their motivations. It's not really like they came to mm-hmm. do a thing. <laughs> you can see the thing that they're doing and they only care about specific people. And it's not like they're like quiet about it. Like you see who they care about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, but then Drusilla leaves. Him. <laughs> and he is adrift. He is lost. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. Um, he's got that whole thing with Harmony uh he's oh, just i know he's just uh, like totally off his his he couldn't kill buffy um he's probably not going to be able to kill buffy she's stronger than uh the other slayers he's like trying to figure out a way to do it he's just totally adrift off the rails um but even when he is he's still like planning and going around and doing things and like he's not just sitting around like moping he's but fucking thing about him too when he's doing his little schemes when he's like getting into Willow's <laughs> his room schemes. his little schemes when he's getting into Willow's room and is like I'm gonna kill you it's like okay also side note let's have a therapy session about my relationship oh with my your God. son <laughs> I can't like, he puts his head kill, on her little fuzzy sweater two birds with one stone like you seem like a yeah. good listener before I kill you can you tell me why she would do this to me yeah <laughs> yeah he, I mean, Spike, like, really, really needs to talk. Yeah. Um, that's no, not does. always a and Slytherin it, thing, though. It, it's not. No, I mean, it is in the sense that a lot of us are able to keep it in our heads. Spike likes to be out loud with it because he, Rachel mm-hmm. and I talked about, like, he, he's, he's alone and he knows he's alone and he's putting on little, like, shows for himself and, like, <laughs> monologuing out loud. Twirling in his duster alone in the cemetery. Yeah, when he when he um when he's in the wheelchair because he gets injured and he like gets over it pretty quickly, but he stays in the wheelchair. 
Um, and I told Rachel, I was like, I just know this man is lying. I know he doesn't need that wheelchair. <laughs> and he, fucking, fucking Angelus leaves the room and Spike stands up and is like, and now you'll see how powerful I'll be or something like that. Nobody's there. It's just like, he, he he's performing like, to the imaginary he's, camera. He literally was like, he kept that kept that secret for like a whole season so like a whole year and he saved yeah. the reveal for himself he was yeah. like ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really really loves being the main character of his own mm-hmm. world it's his favorite thing he doesn't thing. need so, he doesn't need people cheering he doesn't need nope. nothing he's he's like i got it <laughs> No, definitely. Uh, it, like when Andrew has the fucking video camera, <laughs> he's following them all around. And then Buffy genuinely is like, I'm going to break that fucking camera. Leave me alone. Spike is like, did you get my good side? Yeah. Get that thing out of my face. Wait a second. Let's do that again. Let's do that again. Hold on. Get that thing out of my face. <laughs> he loves it. He wants to perform. I, I'm telling you, he would have been a great actor. Like he... um. If you think back to who he was as a person, because you actually do get to see him. He was a poet. Before. William the Bloody, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And he's William the Bloody because he's so bloody awful at poetry. Uh, Like, he is a joke of a person that nobody respects. And it's really sad because he really was a good guy. Um, He just wore his heart on his sleeve. And she was like, you're pathetic. Get out of here. Yeah. Which is how Drew got him. Drew was like, I'll love you. And that's all he really wanted. And I mean, that's, I mean... I don't like the only way I could see you pushing back on Slytherin Spike is if you're like, he was so pathetic as a human or whatever. But I mean, like it was it was there like he. Wait, but a Slytherin doesn't need to be this like. No, they don't. And And I'm going to tell you and I'm going to tell you right now, like he was in his own way. Right. Because people were openly laughing at his poetry and boy kept writing it and reciting it. it. Yeah. in public like so he, so because like because he was like i want to marry this woman and i really right. think that i can get her with this poetry and he did not give a shit so like when he becomes a vampire the like the only thing that like he just kind of like grows into himself in the sense that he's like well i already did not give a shit what people thought because i was out here doing my own thing but now right. i can kill them so it just like bl- like blah <laughs> like you know like he's a beautiful flower and full- he's like not only do I not <laughs> care what people beautiful flower <laughs> not only do I not care you will be afraid if you say shit to me like yeah. that. <laughs> like that's what's gonna happen um and you I, can I, see I there think- are there are specific moments when he has the chip and like Xander or somebody will be like. Oh, like you have limp dick. Like you can't do anything about it. Yeah. And he he get he gets back on his heels for like a second where he's like, oh, and then he was like, I'll fucking shut. Like I don't give a shit. Like I'm gonna do something to you. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna unplug your fucking Wi-Fi. Like I'm gonna be a menace somehow. I'm gonna be a menace to you. Uh, he's he's just too fucking funny. Um, ah, what was he gonna say? I lost it. No. Oh, no. Well, maybe I'll keep talking about him. So, um, so like part of his origin story that really struck me, too, is like, so the the evil or whatever. What the fuck was it called? The the first the first I was like, they never really had a name for it. The first evil. So the first um, is able to brainwash him because there's this song that's like a trigger for him, kind of like Harvey Dent. Oh, but, you're talking about his mother. Yes, Thank that's you. where I'm going. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Thank so, you. um. There's a song that's a trigger for him because it's a like a old lullaby that his mother would hum to him or whatever. And so they had to do this whole thing where they had to figure out why it was a trigger. 
So it forced him to like go back and do his memories. And the whole reason it's a trigger is because once he was turned into a vampire, his mom was really sick. He loved his mom. Um, He just, you know, he loved her. He was taking care of her. She was taking care of him. So he turned her into a vampire so they could be together forever. She wouldn't be sick anymore. Um, And the vampirism like really fucked with her. Like she was not the same at all as she and she accused him of like being sexually attracted to her, which he was repulsed by he was like this yeah yeah he was not into that at all like this is not the insinuation um so he ended up having to kill her because she was trying to kill him so uh basically the whole like realization like what broke him away from the trigger is that he's been feeling this guilt. is the this, most slithered. it's so slithered. i know exactly he where does, you're going it's, it's where i was gonna crazy. go thank you it's crazy and i this is something i love about my people <laughs> that we can do this he's like he has such a matter-of-fact realization and then never needs to talk about it again. He's like, yep. well, past that. And it hasn't really, like, it hasn't been weighing on him consistently either as it would for a Gryffindor. It's just that nope. this song specifically is triggering that feeling. Otherwise, he does not give a shit about it. Right. So um, so the um, Principal Woodrow comes after him because his mom was a slayer and so Spike killed his mom. So he's like, I gotta kill you. So Spike, like, gets out his whole like he works through this whole thing by beating up principal winter where he's like this is so bad he's i can't imagine being the principal on the get on the other side of that argument you're watching this guy argue just use your body (laughs) as a device for working through his own problem for a second and at the end you get roasted in the worst way you could possibly be roasted it's I would never show my face again. Oh my God. It's insane. It's bad. But no, it's no. So he like, he works through the whole thing where he's like, I've been feeling guilt over the fact that I killed my mother. And I always thought, you know, that it was something to do with me and that she like, she really like detested me towards the end. And that's why it brought through with the vampirism or whatever. And like, and and it was my fault. And he's like, but now I realize he was like, my mom loved me. And yours hated you. <laughs> it's just out of there. He says it's not even. He doesn't even say it. Like it's something like because you know he's, he's not like roasting him. Actually, no, no. He's he's working through his own thing. But Principal yeah. Woodrow's thing is like so. Spike is telling him he's like, well, your mom was a slayer and she cared about slaying more than you. He's like, she could have stopped at any time. She did not want to stop. Like she left right. you alone at home and she went out and slayed and like that was her choice. But you know, if she had liked you more. She probably wouldn't have made that choice. So he's like working through this whole thing. And he's like, no, he's like, at least my mother loved me. Yours didn't even like you enough to stop killing vampires. And then he's just out. And he's like, I won't kill you this time because I did kill your mom. But you come for me again and I will kill you. And he told Buffy that. And Buffy was like, OK, fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like. Spike said he was going to kill me. She's like, and I will let him if you fucking try that shit again. I need him. Stop fucking with my plans. You fucking idiot people. Stop it. He's the only one I can trust. You are not going to. Oh, and Giles pulling that shit to try to like just come on. What are y'all doing? I can't. I can't with some of the decisions made here. But yes, uh, that's a huge. He's not even going for this man. This man means nothing to him. He's just like using him as like a parallel and then being like, but actually my mom loved me me and yours doesn't love you at yeah, all. No, and he's like, <laughs> no disrespect to your mother. Right. She was great. Like she yeah. was a great fighter. It was a great fight. She was a great slayer. Uh, but, you know, she like just didn't love you enough or whatever. And like, that's that's it. You know, my mom loved me. My, and, and, then so like, and then he's like, and then he's like, and then he plays the song. He's like, guess that doesn't work anymore. And then 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the most Slytherin thing. I've uh, like it was cr- it's the most Slytherin thing he did throughout the entire series besides going and getting his soul back in response to assaulting Buffy. Like oh, once he did that and he realized about. yeah. Yeah, once he realized he crossed a line with her and he was like, "Oh, um because this is the thing with Buffy and Spike. I don't think a lot of people who harbor a lot of guilt about Spike, but you need to understand is Buffy and Spike are a toxic relationship in the beginning. It's toxic. The sex is completely has to do with violence and and shame and and rage at this point doesn't have a soul so this is how buffy is teaching him that the relationship works he's like it's also how she's teaching herself how well right very very but you see evidence of of it when he comes back with his soul and he does that whole thing in the house where he's like mumbling like crazy and then Mm -hmm. she's like stop stop and he starts taking off his pants because he's like oh you just want me again you just want me again right and she's like horrified but that's yeah that's it like shows you that's what he's thinking he's like Buffy will not acknowledge me in person. She will not respect me. But when she's right. upset, she will come to me and we will have sex. But like mm-hmm. the way that we have sex is she screams at me and tell, tell him, tells me how disgusting I am right. and how much she hates me. And then it ends up being sex. Yeah. Um, it's a mutually fucked up dynamic that they both equally feed into. Yeah. And he get get from stuff his, out of from his side, like. Any way that he can have Buffy, he's like, what? Like, I, I honestly don't. Care. Right. Like, I, right. he's not internalizing any of the shit she says to him. He's just like, I just want you in any way that you'll give yourself to me, which is why right. he's getting so frustrated when she's in those pockets of moment where she's like, I don't want you. I never want you again, which is like how the assault happens. Right. Because he's like, stop doing this because I know that you're going to have sex with me again. So, like, stop doing this this is really annoying and tiresome and it's 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 making me feel things I don't want to feel so just like have sex with me when it's nice to have sex with each other and he's like look I can show you I can show you and like that's how it goes into which is a really it's it's really bad and I told Rachel like he goes immediately to get a soul and I told Rachel I was like well there's only two things he could have done at Slytherin as a Slytherin at that point he'd have had to have killed himself or he goes and gets a soul. Like, yeah. Um, I think it's like, it's not like anyone is sitting here excusing it, Mm -mm. you know, because this is a big point of, uh, conversation within the fandom where they're like, well, how can you forgive Spike for that? Well, because I can understand the violence of a toxic and abusive relationship from both sides, because Buffy's not some like vampire. These aren't humans who are not some like wilted flower that, you know, like she's a fucking slayer. She can hold her own and she beats his fucking ass anytime he deserves to have his fucking ass beat. In that moment, she was being emotionally vulnerable and she had every right to be and she had every right to say no. Absolutely. You're not going to hear me fucking absolve him of an of an attempted assault. But what it is in that moment is it is a demon without a soul who has been conditioned into believing that sex and violence are are equal here in this relationship. And are what she wants and he's, from him. And it's what she wants. He didn't think he was actually taking something from her or deliberately trying to hurt her in that moment when he realized it and he looked at her and he went, Oh fuck and snapped out of it. Well, it's exactly what Lauren said. Either he was going to commit suicide or he was going to go like find the soul. There, there was no other option. That was it. He realized he fucked up. He crossed a line and he went he, to fix it. And the only way your apology doesn't fix that. No, and he, a, an apology like, doesn't you fix have it. to show actions. Actions are so much louder right. than the lords, especially for Slytherins. And he and like and I'm telling you here before the soul, 
he loved Buffy. Like mm. he like he had that whole thing where he he got Drusilla and was like, I'll kill Drusilla for you, Buffy. And yeah. Buffy's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, do it. And he's like, I, I actually I'm going to. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? like he was <laughs> he was trying to prove her. But no, but like I, I truly I truly think that like Buffy is the first person he like really loved as opposed to yeah. like you were there for me or you're what I needed to latch on to because Spike Spike needs somebody at least one uh, yeah. mo- actually most all Slytherins do need at least one but he he really more than others he needs somebody to like put that emotion into like he can't yeah the problem is that all of his relationships including Buffy are just violent and toxic and mm-hmm. it's the first time that he was feeling something real in between that. And it's because she she is such a oh, good yeah. person. He says he, it all the time, too. He He's like, really I'm thinking about you. Like, like, it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of, of it all, his whole speech to her is such a beautiful speech. It's it's like one of the greatest monologues, I think, of, of all time between couples. He's just like, I don't love you for anything you other me. than exactly like, what want, you are yeah. he's like I'm i don't want you to, to give me anything. anything yeah yeah he's like i just love you exactly for who you are i see exactly what you are i don't are need and I you to it. say it back like ever he's like i just right. want to exist loving you that's fine yeah. with me it's yeah. a very pure very honest love that his soul makes him capable of having like it's the missing puzzle piece to actually really become this full well-rounded serious true love like even when she goes on a date with principal wood he's like okay that's fine. Like he's fi- he's fine with it. It's very Castiel too. Um, it's something that a Hufflepuff is also capable of. Just a pure, all encompassing love. I'm happy to just love you. It's very similar between Hufflepuffs and Slytherins there. Um, and he he really does care like about the most her. That like he, the most that he wants out of her, I think, is like I want you to acknowledge that I really do love you. Like, yeah, this accept isn't, it. Yeah, accept it. Um, because from where they started to where they end up is, is wild. Like you can't say that he didn't care about her without a soul. You just can't. He went to her house to fucking kill her. Like <laughs> she's one night on with the, a crossbow. Yeah, and no, she's crying. He's like, oh, what's wrong? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let me help you. He's like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. What happened? He, he loves her from the beginning. And um, as much as I love Angel, Angel didn't love her without a soul that way. Like Mm-mm. his love was violent. Mm-mm. It was actually pure, it was, like, and it was like against his will. Like Spike, right. like at first, Spike was like, nah, nah, nah. But he, like, he was into it. Like he, because he, that's yeah, naturally Spike, who he is. Well, well as a Spike person. does struggle with it. Like he's not getting what he wants out of it. Soul is Spike, and he's like, well, then we both have to die. Like I have to kill her, or I have to kill me. Right. One of us has to die. Like I can't live like this. And you <laughs> know, remember, he's, he's really fucked up. Just he can't deal with it. He doesn't understand it. I don't think without a soul that you can all the way. I really do feel once the no, soul because, got put into place, he became whole. loving somebody requires some consideration for the other person, right? And like, it's <laughs> we just talked about what having a soul means. Like he, he, yeah. he was, he was like mentally and emotionally unable to be like, killing him. Was, yeah, he was like, <laughs> it's my problem. I'm obsessed with you and I don't know what to do about it. And like, I don't care yeah. how this is a fact. Like, look at me. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But no. Um, And what we mentioned earlier, too, that like there's this whole controversy of like, did Buffy mean it when she said I love you? And then like when Spike was said, Spike said, no, you don't. But thanks for saying it. Like, 
Did he know, like, so Rachel told you, she said that her, I don't know if you've changed your mind, but before you said that you thought that he really didn't believe <clears> it. It always made me feel, I always had this like pity in me for Spike where there was a part of me that just, I, I always watched it and went, oh, he really doesn't believe her. And, it, and it's sad because I believe her. Right. And so I felt well, bad I mean, for him. I that makes sense to me it. thinking as a Gryffindor, because I think if it was a mm. Gryffindor standing there, <laughs> it would be very much. Sure. <laughs> I yeah. think that Spike believed her 100%. He, um, the way I explained it to Rachel was that, so he was about to burn up, basically. And he could have left. Buffy was asking him to leave. So he could have left and been fine, and they maybe would have made it out. Um, but it was killing all of those bad vampires once and for all. Like, they were gone forever. They yeah. exploded. So he was like, I'm going to stay and I'm going to do this. Um, and the way that I would have thought about it as a Slytherin, and I'm sure that Spike is thinking about it, is that one, if he had acknowledged it and accepted it and had that moment of like, you're ha I wouldn't have had the willpower to stay. I would have gone with Buffy, you know, like if I had in that moment, let that happen. So he kind of took that energy and redirected it like she gave him what he needed and internally he believed it and instead of outwardly accepting it and you know reciprocating he he said no you don't to try like to turn it into I'm gonna use this energy to like stay here and save the world um I really I truly truly so think sad. that he I truly think that he knew. I hate that <laughs> I knew <laughs> I truly think that he knew that she meant it um which is what also drives me crazy and is why I'm hesitant about watching Angel because I can understand how he would be like, this diminishes my sacrifice if Buffy sees me, so I'm never going to see her again. Like, I would be that big headed as a Slytherin. I'd be like, no, she'll think less of me it. through no fault of my own. Like, you I know, don't like, get it. I want her to continue remembering me as she does. Like, and I bet she's really like holding me up as a hero in my head. Yeah, and she's, and she's missing me. But I, at the same time, there would have been some point where he would have been like, why am I not seeing Buffy? You know, like, <laughs> what the fuck is my problem? Because she loves me. I mean, me, he God does in the comic. That is what well, happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm they sure, end yeah. up together. So uh, they're yeah. endgame. So. <laughs> he's, he's a ridiculous character. He's super funny. Like, I have and never once never in my life felt himself bad in the about bushes watching Spike. her. He'd be like, that's Angel's no. thing. There's no way. <laughs> if I'm going yeah. to see Buffy, she'll see me. Um I've, I told Lauren from like season one on because her mom kept coming in and she's like, oh, and she kept like making these comments about like Angel Buffy. And I'm like, just wait till she gets there. He'll, he'll always be back. I Angel's never very knew, far from a I, bush well, watching also, Buffy. I knew what happened, right? I knew that it was Angel and then it was Spike. So I was telling my mom in like season one because she was like, what's happening with Angel? Blah, 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 blah. Like asking me questions because <laughs> Angel just gone evil. And I was like, well, he's going to go do his own show. And then Buffy's going to fall in love with Spike. And she went, Spike? I was like, yeah. <laughs> was like, so then she was asking me questions about like Spike with a soul or whatever. And I was, she was like, how could she love him without a soul? I was like, mom, I haven't seen the show. I don't know. She still technically loved Angel without a soul. She didn't love what he was saying to her, but right. she still loved Well, she loved what he could be. If he went back, I guess. I don't know. That That is totally also what is true of Buffy with Spike, too. She loves what he potentially could be. If he had had a soul, it was, she would have not grappled with it at all. It's her black and white thinking. And like she's the reason. Vampire prejudice. Yeah, but she she very quickly is like, I completely have every faith in you. And I believe in you that you can be like 
the best version of yourself possible. Like, and I, I completely believe in you. And it's all Spike actually needs to function. Right. <laughs> and she I, genuinely um, believes in it. Like, I understand the reasoning behind why after the assault thing, the WB, I'm sure, was very nervous to try to, like, put them in a physical relationship. But I think it's bullshit that they couldn't kiss in season seven. I really it do. It's very weird. I understand. It's very weird. But whatever. I mean, at this point, we're used to, like, networks fucking taking things from us that we deserve to see physically between our characters. Mm. Like, Dean and Cass deserve to kiss, too. Um, of course. But network bullshit gets in the fucking way. It's unfortunate. Uh, but I think the way that Buffy and Spike end speaks everything to how they both feel about each other. I think they... I still regard them as endgame. Had he not given himself up, like, if that just never happened, they would have ended up together. Like, I don't... It's... And the comics back me up on that. So, like, I don't, I'm, I'm not out of pocket saying it. It's true. Uh, they're, they are a great pair. We can't escape the Gryffindor-Slytherin thing in any media. Uh, so, you know, we, we've just come to accept it begrudgingly as as much as we constantly are like, a, a fucking another one? It. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's I another it. one. Feed me. It's great. It's a good dynamic. So, uh, now... I want to talk about Xander and Will. Uh, I think Xander and Will should be put together. Okay. I think we should talk about them together. Uh, I'm I'm just not interested in giving them very much because I don't, you don't think they to. are good people. Um, I don't think Willow is a good person. I think occasionally she tries to do the right thing. And when she comes out with all that black hair fucking psycho Willow shit, that's actually Willow. That's what Board I believe. Now. That's truly her. Bored now. She doesn't care about anything or anyone. She completely fucks with Tara and Tara's free will. It's fucked up. She like, I just, I can't stand it. Whatever Willow started out as, it's not who she actually is. Like the whole little act, it's all bullshit. Um, She's very fucking powerful. She feels that she's powerful and she, she doesn't, she obviously has a resentment in her for not being acknowledged for the power that she has at first oh, for Giles, especially at, she's like, stop fucking telling me what I can do. Yes. Because at first as a kid, she's happy to be the genius, right? To be the little techie computer genius who like is in charge of classes is smarter than the teachers. Like she's getting recognized that way. Once she stops being recognized for that, then she needs to be recognized for magic. Uh, for yeah she needs to be the best at magic and of course she is she's very powerful no one is gonna say here that willow's not powerful she is but she's an asshole about it because she needs to control everything she needs to control every situation and i don't think that she's a very loyal person yeah it's crazy to me that she has no checks on her so willow's a hufflepuff she um she like is community driven she and that's part that's one of the things that's when i said way back like why did they stick around with Buffy or whatever. It's because Buffy is a powerful person. And I'm just going to say Xander's a Hufflepuff too. And both Xander and Willow um, appreciate power gained by their connections and not necessarily by what they can get themselves. Um, They don't always want to be the ones doing the work. So Buffy is a powerful person who has things happen to her and it makes them easy for them to hang around her um, and also get this power and to do powerful things. But then they don't get blamed when something happens. Right. Because, oh, this is right. Buffy's thing. Like, I'm here helping Buffy. So, like, you know, yeah, I did that magic that did that bad thing. But I was helping Buffy. It was for the right. greater good of helping Buffy. 
Like, you yep. know, if they were all on their own, then it's like I got to shoulder this responsibility, but I'm not. So I can put it on Buffy and I can do whatever I want. And it's crazy. It was crazy. It's crazy to me still. Giles did the best he could that she had no checks and balances on herself. She did not. It was crazy to me that that she was like, I physically can do it. So I can. There was no there was no like. Oh, Tara probably wouldn't like this. Nope. Right. I can do it. So I will. Like, you know, and then she and then Tara found out about it and told her that that was wrong, which you should have known. Right. And she didn't understand. She was like, you wanted to forget about the fight. You wanted to forget about the fight. I made you forget. That's not what that meant. (laughs) That is not what that meant. Willow is not fucking dumb. She's not some sweet little flower that doesn't understand what's going on around her. She completely knows what is going on around her. She knows what she's doing is wrong. She gaslights. She girl. She gaslights gatekeeps and girl Girl bosses. bosses. She does. She really does. She's very, very powerful. And when I. Oh, man, it pisses me off because when I start to like Willow, when I start to like her again, it's in season seven. It's when she's in recovery. Right. And she's Mm -hmm. trying to do the right thing. And she's trying to understand her feelings. She meets Kennedy. I'm like, oh, she's going to like, this is good. This is good. Like, I'm finally I'm getting great things out of Willow. And then she sides with Kennedy and throws Buffy out of her house. And I'm like, wow, all the work that we just did for me and you, me and you below. It's good. It's dead. I fucking can't. I can't believe you did this. And but Willow has never really been on Buffy's side. It doesn't matter if you go all the way back to when Cordelia had Willow making a little database for her for prom queen and Xander was her boyfriend. So they had to side with Cordelia over Buffy. Well, like you can go all the way back to high school. She's not a good friend. She doesn't give her good advice about Angel. She doesn't give her any good, like nothing. She researches. Yeah, yeah. when uh, Buffy comes back from running away and Willow's like freezing her out and Buffy goes to her. She's like, you're the nicest one. We're really close friends. Like, can you, like what's happening? And Willow's just like, well, you really fucked us over. <laughs> like, I don't really want to uh, talk to you. Come on. Yeah, I know. And uh, it drives me crazy that Buffy does that, too. She's like, I have to trust Willow the most because she's like is the nicest appearing one. And she's the other girl. So she'll go to her for this kind of stuff. And then Willow just keeps like screwing her over about it. But then, um, oh, I can't remember who it was. Somebody that Buffy was hanging out with, like threatened Willow. And so Willow went to her and was like, I just feel like I'm not your closest friend anymore. And Buffy had to reassure her. Yeah. yeah. Even though Willow's made it very clear that like Xander is her number one. And, oh, yeah. Or, or, and then even Tara, when Tara came along, was ahead of Buffy. Um, yep. So I, I'm when she no, went. And, and it's like she can do whatever the fuck she wants. And then she gets mad when other people pull it back. Right. So she cheated on Oz. Mm-hmm. And then when Oz discovers like. His the connection woman with this other woman. One night stand, yeah. I have to sit here and weep for you. You cheated on him first, asshole. Like, what is this? I I just don't. There are moments with Willow where the good side of a Hufflepuff pops out, and I'm like, oh, that's what I like about you. Like, you're very it's smart. When she's you're trying, very capable. Very it's when she's trying. She's, trying, she's trying very and she hard. She has to try when so hard. When she's just like existing as she is, she's not a good person. She when um. When, when she was Dark Willow and uh, she sucked up all of Giles's magic and it like made her feel the things. And her solution to that was like, let's just destroy the world so nobody feels anything <laughs> is the most Hufflepuff thing. Like yeah. instead of just being like, maybe I should like chill 
and like give this shit back so I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> She's like, well, yeah. time to blow up this whole entire godforsaken fucking place. Like, that's yeah. not your decision. What are you talking no. about? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And it makes a lot of sense when you think about how she thinks why she can't give Buffy any good advice, why she can't put Buffy first, why she's not really her best friend, why she really doesn't get Buffy or empathize with her. They think completely differently, completely differently. Nobody sits there and holds Buffy's hand when she has to kill Angel. And it's not Angelus. She mm-hmm. has to kill Angel. She has to put the, the fucking sword through him while he looks at her confusedly like, why are you doing this to me? What's happening? She has to deal with that completely on her own. And the only words of comfort you have for her when she comes back are like, they're there. It'll get better. He was kind of mean anyway. Like, it's horrible. It's actually horrible. She is very, very self-centered. And it's unfortunate because when she's trying, I quite like her. When she's trying, <laughs> like, I don't have a problem with Willow. I really liked when when she's trying to get over the grief of Tara and she really has to process the things that she did and accept it and take ownership and acknowledge, like, I hurt people. This is bad. Like, I have to come back from this. I, I liked her at the out. beginning of her relationship with Tara, too. Like, Tara did a lot for yes, her. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Tara's an amazing character. Yeah, she is. Um, I really liked her. She really deserved a lot better than what the show gave her. Uh but yeah, I like Willow at the beginning of that too. And it's because she's really, really coming into herself and accepting like, oh, I, I do have like a lot of power and oh, and this is a big part of me. Like my sexuality is a huge part of me. Like she's just coming into herself. And if it just stopped there, <laughs> like, right. yes, I'm powerful and I love who I love and I've got a good life. She would have been great, but she just can't stop herself. Like she can't, she's always got, what if I, what if I just try to have it all? What if I have Oz and Xander? Why can't I have both? Like, God forbid she'd been a witch during that time. Because right. both, they, she would have fucking, forget it. You see the potential in Willow from the very beginning when they show you her vampire side. When they show you, like, bad vampire mm-hmm. Willow. She's there. She's in there the whole time, buddy. So, yeah, I don't think she's a great friend to Buffy. Um, another Hufflepuff like that. I mean, Regina can be like that, too. Like, Oh, yeah very very like that like i don't want to feel this so i'm gonna make except, everyone's memories fucking erase regina, and punish you and <laughs> i guess regina i mean i guess we have to thank all of those fucking sanctimonious pricks who like would not forgive her because they gave her oh, like willow she's got these people letting her do whatever the fuck she wants like I, I don't know if you guys are seeing a pattern with me but i like characters that i can empathize with and that i feel bad for and i think that they deserve better I don't empathize with Willow because no one's doing anything to her. The worst thing that happens to Willow Giles. is what happens to Tara. No, and also Giles telling her like you're a, you're an ignorant little like you know that Rank was beautiful, arrogant amateur, <laughs> beautiful. And she carried Dude, that the rest of her life. She was she did. <laughs> she brings it up. She literally quotes it yep. in the next season. She's like, "What did you call me? Uh, not that I care. Not that I wrote about it in my diary and think about it before I go to bed." <laughs> so yeah that's that's willow i'm sorry i don't buy the little like sweet girl best friend act bullshit it's bullshit it's bullshit what when willow has black hair that's willow that's who you're defending okay <laughs> anyway <laughs> xander i don't know what the fuck is there to say about xander besides know. he's obviously a little dick the hufflepuff biggest hypocrite who's like in the fucking entire it's, world it's, when a hufflepuff can like figure out where they fit they're great he he yeah, can't he, no, that's his problem. He, I mean, well, I mean, like he doesn't have a role. He's he's right. made he's made himself somehow indispensable to Scooby Gang, even though they're constantly also telling him like you can't really do it. But you know, but like <laughs> the biggest fucking hypocrite in the world 
He thinks Huge. that Buffy should date him. And yep. then when Buffy's like, I'm not interested, he's like, well, then I hate everybody that you've ever dated on principle. And like, I'm going to shame you can about I just, it. Can I just say shame you? The funniest thing is that Anya sees it she'll, like in her song or like in mm-hmm. comments. I don't know if you picked up on it in like season six mm-hmm. and seven. She'll be like, well, because he's going to side with Buffy because, you know, yeah. Like it doesn't matter. They're together, and she yeah. sees it. Like he's still no, got a fucking hard on for Buffy. Yeah. What no, is and this? I, I don't even think. Like I think at that point, it's the fact that like she had the audacity to like never date me, and I've been right. here all this time. Like and I she even supports think- Riley because Riley's his stand-in, like for human. Right. It's the it's- shot that he had it. <laughs> like what the? I know fuck? it's You're- he he he's got he's nothing like he doesn't go to college he he doesn't he goes he goes through a series of jobs before he finally lands on like construction worker he um is like disgusted with buffy and did the most in first of all the fact that he was like getting all over angel while he was like cheating on um cordelia cordelia with willow and then that he was like all upset that Cordelia refused to see him and like how dare Cordelia like insult me in the hallways. Oh my god. And then yeah, yeah. And then uh and then um when he uh finds out that Spike and Buffy are having sex and oh my, I I I would have I would have beat him to a fucking pulp. The way he gets in her face and is like I'm disgusted with you and you're like a slut and a whore. And you like I, uh, a demon fucker. I, I don't I remember all it. the things he actually said. He, I won't watch it again. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. And then he goes and does the same thing to Anya when Anya has sex with Blake. Right. Um, and then when Anya, a few episodes later, is like an evil demon or whatever killing men again, he's like, Buffy, you can't kill Anya because I love Anya. <laughs> She's the only person who understands me. Even though like every episode he's like, kill Spike, kill Spike. <sighs> I'm going to kill Spike. Try yeah. to kill Spike. Like, went to kill Spike when he saw that uh, Anya and him were having sex together. Then fucking, um, he can't do shit. He's useless in fights. He doesn't do (laughs) shit. And they're all really, like, they, they, like, say it, but they also, like, let him go. And they tiptoe around it or whatever. And, like, he insists. Buffy several times is like, I think that you should do this instead of being in the middle of fighting or whatever. Like, I think that this is the best thing for you to do. And he's like, what, you think I'm useless? You think I can't do anything? I'm going to go do it, blah, 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 blah. So he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. And Buffy's like, I can't force you not to go. So fine. And then he does that and loses his eye. And suddenly it's all it's Buffy's, Buffy's fault. fault that he yeah. lost his eye. She specifically told him, take Dawn and get out of here. I do not think yep. that you will do well in this fight. We're up against something that is really not sustainable for any human, Xander. You're just a human. Like you don't have. I'm sorry, but you don't have cool shit. You don't. So please right. go with Don and get out of here. He's like, no. And then he loses an eye. And then that fucking scene where they kick Buffy out of the house. He's like, yeah, well, it's kind of hard to see clearly when I only have one eye and I lost my eye. And did I Who's mention that I lost it, my bitch? eye and that you should have been protecting me because I'm the number one important thing here. And I lost my eye. I was weak and defenseless and I lost my eye. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. I would have killed him. I would have killed him. I, uh. I don't have anything else to say. I didn't I did not need to go through the show and find instances to prove that Xander is a Hufflepuff because the whole thing is a Hufflepuff who is lost and who has no confidence has just just fucking hates them. He hates himself. 
doesn't know yeah, where he belongs and things, feels useless. Like Rachel the worst not a thing huge you can Anya make, fan. I was like fine with Anya, but the way that he treats her and is shit, like it's and, horrible. And he leaves her at the altar and then comes back and is like, "But I still love you, so we should still date." And Anya goes, "No," and he's like, "I don't understand though. I love you." And she's like, "Bro, you did not handle this the correct way." Like I'm, I'm like, I don't want to make the Hufflepuff listeners out there feel like shit it's because not they're going because really hard on them. He's a Hufflepuff. Them. He's it's an not, extremely bad person, regardless bad, of the yes. house he's in. Like, but I'm awful, trying to explain. Awful. I'm trying to explain like. I don't know how many times we can say every house has horrendous, horrible people. This is not exclusive to you. It just so happens that on this show, you have two codependent Hufflepuffs that are in this like toxic friendship relationship, weird thing together. And it's difficult to talk about one without talking about the other. And they constantly validate each other and each other's bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. constantly they let each other get away with fucking everything while Buffy gets blamed for fucking everything because they can't look at themselves. So uh, surround yourself with people that are not of your house, my friends. That is my <laughs> advice to you out there. You do not need people constantly validating your bad bullshit, and that's what they do. Um, the they are what they are. That entire time they were cheating <laughs> on each other, and the way that they would talk to each other and validate how they Play were footsie cheating. under the table. Yeah, and like they would talk to each other and be like, "This is bad." I know objectively it's bad, but then they would like validate it somehow that it was okay for them to be cheating. Right. Because we're nerds and we never get anything. So we, people always hurt us. So now you know what? We can hurt whoever we want. Like, what the fuck kind of logic is that? You guys are weirdos. Well, it's like, well I've been in love behavior. with Xander since I was a kid. So I really deserve this chance to like make out with Xander. <laughs> well, then break up with your boyfriend. Right. What? Correct. Correct. No Just one's like, stopping you. But I love you. him too. No, can't have both. So sorry. So, so, so sorry. Like, I can't. No, um, it's, I, no. Again, like we we've made this very clear. I feel at this point we're like seventy two episodes in that no house is inherently bad and Hufflepuff house isn't inherently bad. This you're happening to see like the like you're taking Hufflepuff qualities and like ratcheting him so far into the negatives that it's insane. Like <laughs> that's that's it's, those two. It's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. And they they are enablers of each other. So they're the problem. I think they're the two biggest villains the show has. That's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> they're not good people. I don't really care. Do I still watch it and enjoy them and laugh and gay? Yes, absolutely. It's it's my show. At the end of the day, yes. But um, yeah, I can I can just tell you with with some level of certainty they're not good people. And they're not good friends. Um, leading us to Giles, who <laughs> I love Giles. <laughs> um, obviously, absolutely, I love Giles. Giles pisses me off quite a few times through the series. I'm going to say no, justified. <laughs> two, two times yeah two times two. he pisses me off the third season and, and the seventh it. season yeah and that's it the rest of the time he's perfect and uh i love him giles is a fucking ravenclaw uh-huh. he is the kind of ravenclaw who is ruled by the rules it's very very obvious he loves loves the rules from the council at first he's so titillated by it he loves it he <laughs> wants Buffy to just just listen to me just please wait till you hear about this rule like he's so into it and his books and his, it's like very very ravenclaw um but my favorite version of giles is when he starts to like rage against the machine and decides <laughs> that the rules are fucking wrong and he can actually write the rules better actually everyone should listen to me I should write all the rules. I know everything. <laughs> like he he gets he so toes the line of like 
I'm the police, actually. Why? Who don't call the police? I'm the police. It's me you need. Like, he just doesn't get crazy like Willow with it, like, uh, seduced by the power and nuts, even though he I very easily because could. because of his, um, because of what happened when he was the Ripper. I think he's been there mm. and he's like, we're not going back. <laughs> but yeah, still, that's true. I could yeah. do it better this time. <laughs> yeah. He he learned from his mistakes. Right. His uh, but he is the father that Buffy never had because she really doesn't have a father. It's a horrible father figure. Um, he's he and people throughout. It, it's very like supernatural when people call Castine's boyfriend like. Sometimes the writers throw it in there, like, constantly mm-hmm. to make other characters point at the thing. Like, point at the thing. They do that with Giles, where they're like, yeah, well, you want to be like her daddy so bad. Like, it's constantly thrown at him. And he never says it, except in his song when he's singing about yeah. how he needs to let her go. He's like, I wish I could play the father and I wish I could stay, but I really need you to stand on your own two feet. Bullshit, whatever. Um, but he really purely loves her, I'd say. Other than Spike, he's the only other person that really loves Buffy for who Buffy is. It's just that he can't pull the stick out of his ass sometimes when she disagrees with him. I, I don't think Giles likes being disagreed with. Oh, no. I really don't. No, I don't because you're forcing him to. He's like, I've already been through this all and I figured it out and I've aligned it with my um, my system and my values. You you can't don't make me do it again with whatever you're saying. I got it already. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like, stop. It's like, are you going to get in line and just accept that I know more than you? Or are you going to challenge me and exhaust me? I don't want to argue. Like, he doesn't want to waste any time arguing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like a little pompous and like it's a little bit arrogant. Sure, you can go home a little bit arrogant. But mostly it's because Giles puts a lot of thought, a lot of thought into what he believes and what he does and what he stands for. And that's why people like Xander piss him the fuck off because there's no thoughts behind that head. And uh, he probably constantly is asking himself why the fuck Buffy keeps them around. I think I I don't think he understands why she's friends with or aligned with anybody on that show. Spike included. I don't think he gets any of it. He's just like, you're just like too good for all this. This is ridiculous. Um, But yeah, he's a very opinionated man. Uh, He has a lot of thoughts about everything. And he doesn't like having those thoughts or authority questioned. He really doesn't. And that's really very Ravenclaw of him. (laughs) Like very, very Ravenclaw. I mean, the two times that Rachel got pissed off with him can be excused by him being Ravenclaw both times, right? Like the first time is when he's um, secretly poisoning Buffy because she's got to go through like this test for the council or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he tells the council, he's like, I am super not comfortable with this. Like, I think that we should just tell her about the test. Like, That's what's not the- one of my moments, actually. Oh, really? I thought you told No, me. I completely understand him. No, no, it's it upsets me, but it's not okay. one of the things that I'm like pissed at him for. I get it. It's it's horrible. It hurts to watch. Uh, Season five, when he leaves her, which isn't really Giles' fault. It's Anthony Stewart Head's (laughs) fault. But I have to blame Giles. What do you want me to do? (laughs) It's when he acts like he knows what's best for her and abandons her. I mean, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, that's all. It's explained it. by Ravenclaw, too. It's like, I don't see it as him necessarily, like, thinking he knows what's best. I see it as him being like, I am a hindrance to your growth. Like, you know, like I. Yeah, but it's, but it's I know, I I'm know, but I don't like acting it. as like the teacher <laughs> and the mentor and like a crutch and you and you need to be able to not do that. So, yeah, but he wants to do it like. He, oh, yeah, it, he loves he's her. He's fighting against himself. He loves her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it pisses me off. He's like um, he's fighting logic with like heart, right? He's like, yeah, and I don't like that. Go he let logic win. Way. He's saying high school musical. <laughs> of course, it's excused by him being. Of, of course, I understand it by him being a Ravenclaw. Why? He ends up leaving. Um, it's just 
to me, such a heartless decision. I, I hate it. I've never liked it. Um, it pisses me off I, about him. I mean, but yeah, yes, it's I, a Ravenclaw thing. That I mean, we can excuse this on like this was the plan and the actors too, blah, blah, blah. If Buffy, I think, had ever called him and been like, I really need you and you really have to come back. I think that he would have. But again, they didn't do that because the actor was unavailable. So, right. like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it makes things difficult you know, when the actor fucking wants to spend more time with their family selfishly. <laughs> yeah. Wants to be in I, his I, own I, country. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Giles is just Giles, man. Like, what else is there to say about fucking Giles? He puts on his little wizard hat. He's just so happy <laughs> in that little in that little shop. Like, he's uh, he's got his all his books and all his research and everything is there. It's his. It's right there, and it's run by another Ravenclaw, Anya, who he knows he can trust Yay, with money. Ravenclaw, like, Anya. We don't have to talk to him. They're about a that. great. I would love to have watched more of them fucking together. They were so the funny. Episode when they uh, don't have their memories and they decide that they must be married. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, it's because really they recognize dynamic, that fucking actually. Ravenclaw yeah. shit in between them. It's the, actually yeah. a really good dynamic, and when it they is. have when they have the whole moment where he's like, "Maybe I won't marry you because you're being ridiculous," <laughs> and she's like, "What do you mean?" And they make up immediately. <laughs> They're so funny. Um, I yeah, I don't need to. I don't think I need to get into why Anya's a Ravenclaw. Like, I think you guys can pretty much see that. <laughs> you can just see it, right? Her system like, is money. Very, yeah, she yes, she can't see past that. She doesn't ever change her mind past that. She's very vengeful. What do I always say about Ravenclaws? They have a fucking vengeance kink. She's a literal vengeance demon. Mm-hmm. They love that shit. Um, so, oh, my God, when Giles, <laughs> Lauren was turned on when Giles like flicks his <laughs> finger and he's like, stay down to Willow. Like, I just know that made he made himself hard with that. He was like, exactly. Get the fuck down. <laughs> he loved it. He said, stay down daddy like, giles what the fuck man yeah she's like what do i what am i feeling right now <laughs> i don't have that for giles i think when i was a kid he already looked like 65 to me mm, so fair. he was always like grandpa and then as i got older i was like wait he wasn't that old uh-oh as i approached giles's age year by year by year <laughs> but still he's kind of like dad to me not daddy i mm-hmm. can't do it i yeah. can't do it but i get it He's he's cute, but he pisses me off. <laughs> As the Ravenclaws want to do. Um, I guess that's it. I mean, look. Faith? Oh, did we not say Faith is a Slytherin? I think you guys she know is. Faith is a Slytherin. We talked about her throughout. I don't know that we have to cover her, really. No, she's got a Cordelia lot of emotional Slytherin. turmoil and problems. Right? <laughs> They're very self-explanatory, the two of them. Um, notice how I said earlier, there are all these potential other friends for Buffy, like Cordelia and Faith and Spike, and it's just Slytherins. I just, it, because all the other houses on this show are a fucking mess. It's a mess. (laughs) The Slytherins and the Gryffindors carry, like, the whole series, they carry. I'm sorry, Giles, you don't carry. Like, they, (laughs) they just, they carry it. And she needed to surround herself with that. Um, unfortunately, that's not how the cookie crumbled, but... It's fine. At the end of the day, Buffy was happy at the end of the series. But what am I going to do? She had her idiot, stupid Gryffindor sister. Oh, Dawn's Dawn a is Gryffindor. a Gryffindor. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you so right now. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I, I already fucking I didn't I want you to say you it. Knew, I knew, but you were like um, saying it out loud. There's a episode. First of all, let me just let you all know that I fucking hate Dawn. 
Uh, I fucking hate Dawn. I can't. I did not feel better about her watching later in my life. I did not have a new outlook on her. <laughs> How far I did, did you not, watch? Did you finish four through seven? Yeah, I did. I finished okay. all of it. Okay. I did not. Well, you started. You didn't start at the not beginning. Come out of this feeling like I have internalized misogyny because I'm mad at a teenage girl. You're all wrong. <laughs> She's actually fucking insufferable. But, 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 get but. Out, get out, get out. <laughs> get out, get out, get out. <laughs> Where I like the difference. Between okay, because they like to put Dawn and Xander together as parallels as being the two useless ones. First and apparently, of all, they get married later. Well, whatever. I don't care about the <laughs> whatever. She's older. I, I would fucking do whatever you want. What I, just, I like, they put them together as these two like useless humans. Dawn's actually not human, um, and she's not no, as useless she's as an Xander. object. However, <laughs> if you recall in that episode where. She thinks the ball of light is like hits her in the chest. So she, oh, thinks yeah, she's she a thinks she's potential. Yeah. She doesn't make that a big deal when she's not like, no. she feels bad about it. Yeah, like inside she keeps it in her head though. She doesn't like make anyone feel bad about it. She's just like, okay, it's, it's not me. It's fine. Whereas like, and then Xander comes in at the end and he gives this whole speech about how they're both not special and that's what makes them special. I'm like, bitch, if you had had the ball of light thrown at your chest and then had that taken away from you, it would have been everyone's fucking problem. Not a Gryffindor. How could you shut the fuck up and took it? Oh, it would have been Buffy's fault somehow. No. Uh, The the people may ask, how is Dawn a Gryffindor? Well, Dawn's a Gryffindor because she doesn't really... She... I mean... So here's she has emotional issues. Yeah. And here's what's so interesting, too. She's like made of Buffy, right? Like these monks right. were like, just do that girl, but a little different. So, they, yeah. so uh, that's what they did. Um, on the surface, it. you might say like she seems more like Hufflepuff to me because she's concerned about her role and who she is. And she's literally an object. And it's where does she fit? Uh, no, because once she's in the human world, she assimilates very quickly to being a human. Like she is just very, very dramatic. Um, but she's not making it everyone else's problem. Right, Notice she's not making journal. it everyone else's problem. She's making it her own problem. And then when she lashes out, all she really does is like scream and whine and bitch. But she's not like shaming anyone around her. She's not making anyone feel bad around her. She just she feels bad. She feels bad. So she yells and complains and bitches. And that's annoying to me. But she doesn't like attack the way Xander does. So the parallel between them always pissed me off because no. Uh, it's it's not true they're not similar at all they're really fucking not and i feel like the show wants me to feel like they are right they're not but uh, whatever i don't know if anyone else picks up on that that's just me i don't like that they try to make them like the two normal ones that are are of no use like not true not true dawn is much more useful than xander sorry and she likes spike so i like that about dawn Okay, she understands that Spike loves her sister and she's all for it. She does care about her sister. I mean, look, even the Winchesters have some fucking knockdown, drag out, horrible arguments that are like nasty. They say nasty things to each other. That's what siblings do. Okay, Dawn is a nasty little bitch for kicking Buffy out of the house. It's just a nasty little maneuver. Um, But what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, I, I can't. I can't tell you that I, having share the house, understand some of the things she does. I I don't really understand some of it. Like I don't understand the throwing her out. I don't know how to. I don't I don't know how to put myself in a headspace to do that because I wouldn't have. 
Right. Uh, maybe she was just going along with the group. I don't know. I don't know. I can't help you understand that because I don't understand it. Uh, but I do know that she is made from a Gryffindor. She comes from that household. She comes from her sister. She reacts emotionally. She has a lot of emotional outbursts. But at the end, she tries to do the right thing. And she and that 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 matters. Whatever. It matters. All right. All right. Do I have to talk about her anymore? Good. Thank you. I don't want to talk about her anymore. Okay. You get everybody you wanted? I think so, yeah. Cool. No Buffy <sighs> ever again. That was it. No, nah, we're done. Um, <laughs> mission accomplished. I got to talk about how much I love her for like two Happy hours, birthday. and that's all I wanted. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm another so, year older. Ugh. Well, um, next time, we'll be doing the Barbie movie. Pretty excited about that. Last minute edition. We had something else planned, but we're watching a lot of TV and that was the TV too. Oh, we're like, so much. We're sacrifice this. Um, <laughs> Rachel was like, is it too late? It's already been out a month. And I was like, I don't think so. I just went to go buy tickets so I can watch it a second time before we record. They're like all sold out. So I don't think it's too late. Yeah, it's not. Let's go. Um, help. Everyone go help push it to a billion. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go tomorrow again. And we're going to. That, yeah, you have that to look forward to. Yeah. You're welcome. It's You'll probably be hear us sort Ryan Gosling because it's probably going to be impossible for us not to say what house he is in. True. <laughs> We're excited about that. Um, and then after that, uh, Illy and Haley will be joining us for, um, it's been quite quite a while. A very long time. True. It is. Yep. But yeah, we'll be doing 911 again with Haley and Eli. There's a lot of characters on that show, I understand. So we could be doing this the rest of our lives in some capacity, like once a year. Um, also, I'm going to say this on the air so that Rachel's forced to do it because um, it's the end of the North American Heiress Tour. And I think this is, would be the perfect time to start doing this. But Rachel and I, uh, I don't know if anybody saw this, but a while ago, we sorted a bunch of uh, Taylor Swift songs and we decided that we were going to sort the albums, but like in a scientific way. So we're um, hypothesizing what house the album is, is is in based on like the overall vibes of the album without like diving mm. too deep. And then we're going in and we're sorting each song on the album and then we're counting them all up and like officially sorting the album based on like the house that has the most songs within the album. So we've done the first three. We just have to make the graphics for it. Um, but we're going to do the last uh, seven. So um, <laughs> I was like, how many albums did she have? She might bring out another one. I don't know. Um, not before the tour is over, probably. But the last seven. But those will be going up soon. If you're a Taylor Swift person, you're curious about um, us sorting songs somehow. <laughs> don't ask us how we're doing it. We're doing it really well, though. Um, that's all the news I have for you. Wish Rachel a happy birthday. It's uh, August 21st, the day after Misha Collins. <laughs> so wish him a happy birthday too. No. Um no, he doesn't. No, get he's it. not important. Nope. It's me. All right. I'm the problem. All it's right. Me. Thanks for oh. everything. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sort of Brilliant. If our sorting choices inspired any rage or excitement, we'd love to hear from you. We're open to feedback, suggestions for characters to sort, and solid counter arguments with citations. Never forget your citations. You can find us hanging out on Twitter and Instagram at SOB underscore pod or shoot us an email at sortofbrilliant at gmail.com. And since we're not above begging, please rate and subscribe to Sort of Brilliant on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please share our posts on social media. And if you're a Gryffindor, 
Maybe you'll inspire sorting fights among your own friend group. The theme music is Hot Shot by Scott Holmes. Can't wait to sort with you again next time. Bye!